Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into Sports Call here on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoy, who is making his way back from Tampa, Florida, where he witnessed his Tampa Bay Buccaneers in action yesterday, as he does many Sunday afternoons and evenings. But I'm holding down the fort for you. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, join me on this Monday. We're going to break down a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of uh, a lot of repeated stuff to talk about from the last couple of weeks uh, of talking about, uh, specifically Auburn football. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but uh, it, it is a good Monday. Uh, beautiful weather outside here in Auburn. Uh, hopefully, you are out. Uh, you're able to do something outside today because it is it is phenomenal weather this uh, that we're having right now. Uh, we got a great show coming up for you this afternoon. Uh, coming up at five o'clock, we'll have your five at five brought to you by Southeastern Land Group. Five thirty, we'll have our best and worst of the weekend. Five forty-five, we'll finish up the show with nightly TV guide and all points in between. We'll have lots of great college football talk. Uh, about Auburn, also about the SEC and around the world of college football, as well as uh, a talk a little bit of NFL, some NFL action this weekend. Baseball playoffs continue to roll on, uh, and so it's a, it's a busy time in the sports world, and we're also getting set here in a couple weeks for basketball season to get underway. Auburn held an open practice on Saturday prior to the Ole Miss football game for basketball. Uh, some takeaways from that as well but i like i said brent tom and myself brooks are in studio today i had a great weekend it is uh brent and cam have frequently gotten to, to celebrate victory mondays uh, after their <laughs> nfl teams have won over the weekend Frequent, I, frequently the falcons are four and three but go ahead it's been more often than my team that's true it's been more often than my team and so i'm uh i've been excited to uh to uh to uh celebrate a victory monday today for my football team as they beat the buffalo bills yesterday that may be my best of the weekend coming up maybe that's a teaser uh, but every, uh, elsewhere, uh, it is uh, it's a great Monday. Tom, how are you this uh, this fine Monday afternoon? I, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend filled with uh, mo- mostly work, but I uh, watched a lot of football, a lot of great games on, uh, uh, and some not-so-great games, I guess. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get more into the Auburn debacle as the offense just con- continues to I, – I don't even want to say underwhelming. I mean, it's it's gotten – pretty pathetic i think that's a good word for the offense right now but some other good games out there uh, and then a really good nfl slate of games and you know some big numbers put up by some guys yesterday in the nfl world so uh yeah man a lot of talk a lot to talk about mm-hmm. and ready to get into it brant we'll get your thoughts on the football game in just a moment but uh what is uh, how was the rest of your weekend going? the rest of the weekend was pretty good uh most of it was spent watching football uh yesterday my when well, my parents came into town for the Ole Miss game, so uh, I got a chance to hang out with them yesterday. We went and saw volleyball. Uh, Auburn volleyball continues to roll. They beat uh, South Carolina on Sunday. Uh, really tight match there, and uh, Auburn came out on top of it. They remain in the top 25, 
Uh, I think that's eight weeks in a row now, uh, which is, I mean, by far the program record, seeing as how they were ranked in the AP poll for the first time last season. Uh, well, actually, not the AP poll. But anyway, Auburn volleyball is really good. Go see Auburn volleyball. Uh, Auburn soccer got their first – or their – uh, they got a 3 nothing win over LSU in the last game of the regular season, the last home game of the regular season for Auburn soccer. Senior night out there, and they get a, they get a 3-0 win, so big deal for them as well. But, uh, yeah, overall a pretty good weekend. But, Brooks, uh, you and I were sitting next to each other on Saturday, and that press box was, I think, just as confused as everybody else uh, about what we saw on the football field. Yeah, and uh, what we saw on the football field, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. I want to remind you that if you want to get your call in this afternoon, 334-887-34 and locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, phone lines are wide open, so if you want to uh, get your thoughts in this afternoon, give us a call. We'll talk about that game starting right now. It's uh, how it transpired inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Kicked off at 6.10 p.m. Saturday night, and over the next three hours and 21 minutes of football, Here's how it went down scoring-wise. Three scores in the first quarter. Uh, it was Jackson Dart uh, connecting with uh, Zachary Franklin from 11 yards out to open up the scoring uh, with about five minutes to play in the first quarter to make it 7 nothing. Then it would be Jarquez Hunter ripping off a 53-yard run uh, to tie that game up at 7 apiece. Uh, with late in the first quarter, but later in the first quarter, with under a minute to play in the first quarter, Jackson Dart would run in from 29 yards out to make it 14-7. to The only score of the second quarter would be another Jarquez Hunter touchdown, a one-yard rushing touchdown with 11.44 to play in the first half to make it 14-14, to and that would be the halftime score. Then only one score in the third quarter, Jackson Dart would carry it in from one yard out to make it 21-14. to The Rebels would then have their final score in the fourth quarter with Quinshawn Judkins carrying in from four yards out. And then the Tigers would try a rally, but could only muster an eight-yard touchdown pass from Peyton Thorne to Rivaldo Fairweather to make it 28-21 with 56 seconds to play in the game. And that is how it ended. 28-21, the Ole Miss Rebels, a, a pretty good offensive team here in the SEC, uh, defeating the Auburn Tigers 28-21. And I think the story... On the night, despite scoring you know 21 points and only being a seven-point game at the end of it, was the offense, the offensive production all night long. Uh, Brant, you, you talked about it. There was a lot of confusion going on in the press box at times, uh, but other than that, you know, you, you look at those the the offensive numbers on the evening. Uh, Jarquez Hunter had a pretty decent night. Uh, 15 carries, 101 yards uh, gained, uh, net of 91 with uh, 10 yards of loss. He averaged 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford also had their carries in there. Brian Batia, Holden Gurner also got in for a, a couple plays. Um, and then passing-wise, Peyton Thorne was 9 of 13 for 100 yards and a touchdown. Robbie Ashford was 3 of 4 for 20, uh, 22 yards. Leading receiver on the night was Rivaldo Fairweather. Nine, uh, he was targeted five times, caught all five of them for 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jarquez Hunter also caught three, all three of his targets for 54 yards on the evening. But... The offense, you know, I, I read those numbers and you would think, oh, well, maybe the offense did a little bit better, but you watched that game? No, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, I'll, I'll open the floor up now to you. What what are we? What are, what are thoughts on the uh, the game Friday or Saturday night? Yeah, it, context is everything, right? It, it looks like Jarquez Hunter had a really good night, 101 yards on 15 carries. Uh, 53 of those came on one carry, his big touchdown run. And that was a great run, simple play, just ran inside zone, um, Ole Miss linebackers were late. Auburn's O-line did a good job of washing everybody down. And Jarquez, I mean, he got past the second level. He was out the gate. I mean, no one was catching up to him. That was a great play. 
uh, well executed by the offense. But you can't really say that for most of the night. Um, I don't think anybody expected this offense to be world-beating. I don't think anybody expected this offense to be close to elite. But, my God, do they look lost. Just most of the time, they look. it looks like there's no plan. It looks like they don't know what they want to do. Um, the constant rotation at quarterback is bordering on lunacy. Um, it, it, there's just a lot going on, and I understand that you don't have a championship roster. Again, I'm not look, it's not either you win or I'm unhappy. Not in, not in this year. I don't think anybody expected Auburn to be any better. I, I think some people expected Auburn to have more than three wins right now, but I think three and four at this point in the season – when you looked at it at the beginning of the year, three and four at this point was very realistic. The problem comes when the offense just doesn't look like it knows what it's doing. It's how the three and four is. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's the context behind the three and four that's just – it's disappointing because you have a guy as a head coach who is an offensive guru. It's what he does. He is it, – it's, it's how he's made his money. It's why he's in the position he is. Because of what he's done as a head coach, because of what he's done as an offensive game planner and play caller, I understand he's not the main play caller right now. But he himself said today, we we have some quotes. He is involved in play calling at times, so he is involved in game planning. He is involved in play calling, and he has made at every stop he's been to the passing attack has gotten better, and in his first year, he has shown strides. Uh, taking over for Houston Nutt at Ole Miss and then going to Liberty. Their passing attacks got better. Auburn had 26 passing yards going into the fourth quarter on Saturday. And, yeah, the quarterbacks are not great. Yeah, the offensive line struggles in pass protection. And, yeah, the wide receivers are not huge. But, buddy, 26 yards of passing through three quarters when you've got Phillip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze who are known for doing that it's it's inexcusable there there is no excuse for it there is no reason that makes any any sense it's 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 not it doesn't make sense and I wish someone could make it make sense because talent gap does not cover how bad it has been talent gap excuses these four games being losses it does not excuse the fact that and I mean I'll, I'll, I'll praise I'll sing the praises of the defense again the defense this year has been better than I thought it would be and they have given you a chance to win against Georgia, who at the time was the number one team in the country, and still is, depending on who you ask, and Ole Miss, who's a top ten team, that and one of the best offenses in the country. And the way your defense is played to give you those chances for the offense to look as inept as it has, you're losing games because you can't score, and you have this coaching staff that has gotten together, this head coach who was hired because his offenses score. So it, there's a disconnect that just doesn't make sense right now. Yeah, um, that, that's my big thing is the, the talent gap is there, but that only goes so far with what we're seeing right now. Um, the, these coaches are paid money to, to figure it out, and they have not figured it out. And that's, that's where my frustration comes in is that it, it's the same old thing week after week after week after week. You're supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, head coach and offensive coordinator. Figure it out. You, you can't tell me that there's not something that you can figure out with the talent that you have. Work with the talent that you have. 
and figure out something that is a little more competent in the passing game than what we're seeing. Uh, I mean, the 20, what was it, 27 yards? Yeah, I think 26 going into the fourth quarter. 26 through three quarters. I I, I would like to point out that the Mercer Bears passed for 140-something yards on this defense. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) you can pass for more yards than that just dang near by accident. Um, There has to be something. And, And that's what you're getting paid this money to do is to figure it out. You know that these defenses are coming up and stopping the run. They're keying on the run and daring you to throw. You can't tell me that you cannot draw something up that is going to get somebody open. I get it. The 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 uh, the receivers have had trouble getting separation from defensive backs. Well, f- figure out a way to get that separation. The, the, figure out something. There's ways that you can yeah. go about that. The sport of football figured out a long time ago how to get wide receivers who are not super fast or super big open. That, right. Those concepts exist, and we just haven't seen Auburn run them. Right. Well, exactly, and, and and that's with crossing each other, rubs, yeah. whatever, whatever you Cross, want to call crossers, it. crossers, rubs. Yeah. There's you know, there's multiple two man routes that, that yeah, there, exist, two man concepts that right. exist. There's stuff that you can do to get these guys free. Um, and there's things that you can do when you have an offensive line that can't get uh, full protection, then you get the ball out of the hands, you know, of your quarterback quicker. There's things, what, it's what Hugh Freeze was known for at Ole right. Miss that quick that quick slant RPO game. That's yes. how he made his money. There, there are things that can be done, and they're not doing it. And that's that's where my frustration comes in: is that you're being paid all this money to figure it out, and here we are this late into the season, and you have not figured anything out when it comes to the passing game. I, the, it is it is absolutely mind numbing that it is in the situation that it is. I mean, I mean, it is laughable. The the passing game has gone. It, it started out as kind of concerning. And then it went from concerning to really bothersome. But now we've gotten to comical levels. I mean, it is that bad. They're talking about 25 years of of records being broken, yeah. of, of, the, of ineptitude on, in, uh, on offense. In 2012, Auburn went 3-9. and nine. They averaged a full one more yard per passing attempt than this offense is right, right now. So, I mean, it has... It has gotten absolutely comical. Uh, and again, I get it. Yes, the talent gap, there are some issues with the talent gap there, but this is not all talent gap. Uh, I, I think, I, I honestly think Philip Montgomery's got to go. Uh, if, if, I, I think he'll be around to the end of the year and then sure, he'll get fired, and, it, and next year will be Hugh Freeze's true year one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how this is setting up right now. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe that Auburn will have to go a different route at, at offensive coordinator because this has just not worked. Um, at, at all. I, I mean, nothing from game one to game now. There is nothing that I that you can sit there and go, well, that's an improvement. You know, man, we're doing that good now. I, it's it's been the same thing since day one, and that is unacceptable at this level of football. It is unacceptable at this level of coaching football. And changes are going to have to be made. And the thing is, Hugh Freeze is going to have to be willing to make these changes or he will not be here very much longer because the the fan base is not going to put up with this. The honeymoon period is over. Yes. It, it officially ended against Ole Miss. The way that you had fans booing in the second quarter. Yes. Loudly. And not like a couple of small pockets. Like most of the stadium made their right. displeasure known. 
Yes. And, and again, it's, it's nobody really in their right mind expected a nine win, 10 win season. No. I was one of those that was like, you know, I thought Peyton Thorne coming in here might could get you to eight, but I'm st- I still predicted a seven win season. That's still very possible because actually the, the, the schedule has gone exactly like how I predicted it was going to go uh, to get to the seven wins. Um, but again, I didn't realize that this offense would just look this inept. Um, I really thought Peyton Thorne would, would do something. I thought Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery would have some things up their sleeve to where, you know, I, basically where it would look like a cohesive thing, but then the talent gap is yeah. just – you There's, just don't have enough talent to do it. But now we have passed that. This is coaching. This is talent gap and coaching, and it is all combining – to make a huge steaming pile of poo right now on the offensive side of things. And I haven't seen anything that looks like it's going to get fixed. Yeah, I think the other thing that's super concerning is, yeah, we have problems with this game. We have problems with individual play calling. But really, to me, the biggest thing that's concerning is some certain in-game managing decisions. We talked about the constant rotation at quarterback. You had a third and one with Robbie Ashford, and you decide to bring in Peyton Thorne on a third and one, you don't substitute correctly, and you get a 12-minute in the formation penalty. Right. That backs you up. And then you run power read with Peyton Thorne, who can't, who isn't a, who isn't a good runner anyway. Yeah. And he hands it off, and it doesn't go anywhere. That's stuff like that. And then you, you had to burn a timeout to avoid a delay a game on the first drive of the game. Again, that's the second game in a row where yep. you've had to do that. Um, well, I, I don't understand the package with Robbie. I don't. I, I, I the fact I don't that, understand the packages with any of it. <laughs> I mean, none of it well, looks cohesive at all. Specifically, just, right now, most of the time when Robbie Ashford is out there playing quarterback, you've got three tight ends in there. There is nothing that screams, oh, they're definitely going to run this ball when you have three tight ends in there and you're running quarterback. Yeah. So if you if you want any kind of keeping the defense off balance – You've got to let Robbie run some of that spread stuff. You've got to spread the ball out with Robbie. I would rather have Robbie juke a three technique in the backfield because the guard screws up his block than Robbie try to outrun a linebacker to the edge because I mean you you can't block those guys on the interior anyway. So make, so get less of them on the interior and let Robbie work. It's what happened. It's what they did last year, and it it wasn't world beating, but it was semi effective some of the time. Let's Which is also, better than we can say right now. Let's also trot our third string quarterback out there, line Good him up Lord. wide, and throw the ball to him. Eh. Uh, like that's going to fool anybody. Yeah, you, you know. Hey, Holden, you think, Gr- Holden Gurner, who has not been on the field at all this yeah. entire season, yeah. is now suddenly lined up out wide. What the hell do you think is about to happen right well, there? Well, I, I tell you what, Ole Miss's defense thought was about to happen because they were screaming it over the TV broadcast, apparently. Most people saw it in the press box. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you do when you're a high school coach or a middle school coach, and you don't think that the other team knows your roster. Yeah, you are playing Southeastern Conference football. You think that Ole Miss doesn't know that Holden Garner is your third string quarterback? They're aware of that kid, and as bad as your quarterback play has been this year, they know that that kid might come in. So they've yeah. studied him, I'm sure. Yeah, because that's the type of thing that you do in big time college football. They knew that play was coming the second the twelve stepped on the field. Auburn falls to Ole Miss by the score of 28-21 to 21 on Saturday night inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. We head to our first break of the afternoon. We come back. Phone lines are full. 
We'll get to your calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line right after this, which includes your weather update here on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Guess what I have in my possession? I know. Positive things. Not really. Positive stats from the game. Stats that exist. Stats that exist. Defensive stats. Those. those There's. There are there. some that we're saving those for later. Team stats. These. These have notes. nothing to do with this particular game. These are uh, provided by our friends at the uh, Auburn University Athletics Media Department, Media Relations Department. Specifically, Miss uh, Shelly Poe, the SID for Auburn football, supplies these each and every week. Your first note of the day, three Auburn Tigers had their first starts in an Auburn uniform. Brendan Frazier, Jeremiah Cobb, and Justin Rogers all had their first starts in an Auburn uniform this past weekend. I'll tell you a fun fact as well. Jeremiah Cobb did get his first start, but you know how many uh, rushes he uh, accounted for this weekend? Zero. Zero. Got his first start, was out there on the first play, did not have a single rush the rest of the night, or did not have a single rush, period. He was just out there uh, in a double-back formation, which is which is fun. It's very fun. 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We go to that Orthopedic Clinic phone line for the first time today, and it is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee from Auburn, or for Auburn from Casita, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Matt, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm tired. I had two. I had like a game Saturday, doubleheader. We won the first game, lost the second game, and but uh, I'm just kind of disappointed. We played a good game against Ole Miss, but uh, and stuff. So, but it was close and stuff. So, but I and stuff. So, but I don't know what's wrong and stuff. That, but if you don't like, I don't think Gardner should be a wide receiver. If you don't play a quarterback play him at quarterback or, like I said, playing Hank Brown at quarterback. Yeah, uh, Gurner was just out there for uh, for a trick play. They were kind of trying to do a double pass with him, so he wasn't actually playing wide receiver. They were just trying to get a have a double pass with the, with another quarterback, so now they're definitely uh, still keeping Holden Gurner uh, as a as the third-string quarterback here. Hey, Tom. Hey, Brent. How's it going? Fine. Tom, are you behaving today? I am behaving. Where's your girlfriend at? You didn't bring her today? No, nah, she's she's wrapping up at work. She owes a thousand dollars. All right. What's up, Brent? Hey, Matt. How you doing, man? 
My, hey, me and my dad and my brother went to the volleyball game yesterday. Oh, did you? I was there with my parents. I didn't see you. Well. Where were you sitting at? What side? Uh, Sitting on the sides opposite of the bench of where the where the players were sitting. Okay, we were sitting... Above like, the student section. Yeah, well, we were sitting like you're facing the Jumbotron on the... The right, the right side where they, the, a whole bunch of announcers and stuff were a computer and stuff where all of the little girls with the ball, balls were, were kind of like, kind of right there, not very far from the cheerleaders and stuff. So, we well, are gonna have to look for each other next time. Yeah. So hey, so uh, this question for all three of you guys. This is twice that we have played a wildcat. So, do you probably see us play the Wildcat and say against, see, against, probably against Vandy or Arkansas or against Michigan State or uh, New Mexico State or Alabama? I think if you get the ball inside the five, the Wildcats are a really good formation. I, I think it's a really good policy. I also really like the way that Auburn used it in this game. I, I think the motioning the quarterback away and putting the running back directly behind center is a great way to disguise that look. Um, and, and kind of surprise the defense. I think that it, I think that it worked well. I think that Auburn will be doing that again at some point. Do you have probably like a cop probably doing the Wildcat instead of Javon Hunter? I don't know. I, I think Jarquez is pretty good at it. I, I think that him in short yardage. I mean, he's big enough to handle it. He's a, he's a physical runner. And that's kind of what you want down there at the goal line. Uh, if any if any other guy were to do it, I, I would love to see what Sean Jackson looks like carrying that in the Wildcat formation. I know he hasn't played a whole lot, but he's a 250 pound tailback. So, see, yeah. put put the ball in his hand, see if he can get a yard. Yeah, like, well, okay, Tom. This question for you, uh, and Rick, you can answer this too. And All right, Rick, you can answer. Do you guys remember when Gus was at uh, at Auburn? And he did some trick plays where they did kind of like the uh, like kind of like a flip pass, and then it was probably uh, when like Bo Nix or wide receiver or something like that, and they or they threw it to a tight end or something like that. He probably that he freeze could probably do some kind of those kind of trick plays against probably against maybe uh, Mississippi, Arkansas. You mentioned Alabama, or you think Alabama would know some trick? I mean, I, th- I think I think there's a time and a place for some for some trick plays that you want to do. Um, now, the one that they tried to do this past weekend was not very smart because they you know, throw Gurner out there, and everybody knew what was about to happen there. And so, if you're going to do a trick play, you need to actually make it a trick and not something that is so easily. Uh, figured out that it never that it blows up. You know, you 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 want it to be a trick play f- to be tricky, and there was nothing tricky about that. So, um, uh, you know, when your when your offense is as bad as it is, sometimes you have to dig in and find some different ways to do some stuff. And so, I I fully expect to see uh, some different things out of the uh, out of the coordinators and out of Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Well, I see. I thought Tennessee was going to be the Alabama. And, First uh, half, it looked like that. Yeah, and and so, so like, say that we like. Uh, do you think what do you think would be a best trick play against probably say against 
Mississippi State or Arkansas or Vandy or New Mexico State or Alabama, what like what do you think the best kind of trick play will probably be? I don't know, man. I, I love a double pass. I just love it with a with a wide receiver instead of your third string quarterback. Um you could go toss sweep pass, you could go some kind of reverse if you feel like you have an athlete who's fast enough to pull it off and you want to put your quarterback in a position to make a lead block, which I don't love, but Auburn's done it before and with great success. Um, there, there are a couple of different types of trick plays that work. Well, here's a question. I know you guys said that Hank Brown would never play in a game, but is there a possibility, say, that Peyton Thorne doesn't do good and you probably bring in Hank Brown and probably you have, like, Robbie Asper probably stay at a wide receiver. And then you could probably have Cobb in and do, like, a double, like, a reverse. And then have uh, have probably Cobb throw a pass to uh, Robbie Asper. Yeah, that that could something like that could work. I mean, it, it would be an interesting trick play there if you, you drew that up. But yeah, you know, I, I would never. I'm not going to say that uh, that Hank Brown's never going to get into a game for Auburn. But uh, you know, right now he's a little down the depth chart. You saw uh, you saw Holden Gurner come in before Hank Brown this past weekend for that trick play. So he he's it's, he's got to get in on, on a game like New Mexico State if you're you know you're blowing somebody out. Well, here's a question for another thing. Who do you guys see for the Braves coming back next year? I know Charlie, the pitcher, they say he's out for the season. Some other players that said, like, uh, probably Azuna won't come back or uh, number 17 for the Braves won't come back. But who do you guys probably see coming back for the Braves next year? Well, I think the Braves are going to have majority of those folks back. Uh, and, and I think you're t- thinking about Kyle Wright as the, the pitcher that's going to be out all year next year. Uh, Charlie Morton, uh, they're they're talking about exercising his option, and so he could be back next year. But I think the majority of this this Braves team is going to be back next year, and uh, and hopefully they'll they'll be back and, and doing the same things they did this past uh, this past regular season with a better Eight, finish. I was going to say, except losing in the playoffs. But do you guys probably see like the third base coach or the first base coach coming back next year? Because I heard there's rumors that they go somewhere else. No, I mean uh, Ron Washington. He's been a manager some uh, in other places. He was a manager at Texas for a while, and so he seems happy at at uh, as third base coach at, at Atlanta. I mean, obviously, if, if a major league uh, team comes calling and wants him to be the manager, I, I think that he he would stay uh, stay there. And then uh, Eric Young is the uh, the first base coach, uh, and, yeah. I, and I think that he's uh, he, you know he's pretty set there. I don't know if there's a uh, I don't know if there's another team that's hunting them, but uh, I, I'd be shocked if uh, if anybody didn't come back on that coaching staff. Jordan, there was some people that were playing in the minor league, and there was a guy named um, Baberin. They used to play with Boston. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he played with like Boston Orioles, Boston Red Sox, um, and he played with the Braves in, in Dallas, Georgia. I think it was Abram. Um, and, like, he played. And have you guys heard of that name before? Can't say that I have. And so, so. Yeah, but, uh, and so, so. But, um, how, so, do you probably, what do you guys think about Javar Broom as the, uh, first 
for the SEC team. Uh, do you guys, what do you guys think about that? And there's other players for the all SEC team too, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, Janai Broom is a, a big part of this Auburn basketball team this year. Uh, you saw how talented he was last year. Almost uh, went to the NBA draft. Uh, he was, it, you know, kept pushing that decision back, and so I think he's very deserving of that uh, first team SEC uh, that honor this year for for the uh, for preseason basketball. We'll have to see how he plays throughout the regular season. So, how many more years does Josh, uh, the point, the point guard, plays for Auburn basketball? How many more years does he have? Trey Donaldson. Yeah, uh, I think he's got he's, three years left. Yeah, this this is his sophomore season that's coming up now, so he's got some time. So you think he'll probably be at Auburn next year, or you think he'll go to NBA? Uh, we we have no idea, man. We we know that Aiden Gallo or Aiden Holloway is uh, a, a really inc- really impressive true freshman point guard, and those two are battling it out for the top spot. I expect both of them to get very heavy usage from Auburn this year, so. It really depends on who starts, who finishes, who separates themselves, if they can separate themselves. Uh, there's, there's a lot of promise in Auburn's well, point guards well, right now. I know Caldwell, he's a senior here, right? Yeah. So what round do you think he'll get for NBA? Uh, I think if if he makes a team, it'd probably be undrafted into the summer league and getting on a you know trying to get on a, a G League squad or something. I, I don't know how much what his uh, draft stock is right now. So, hey, so what do you guys? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a little too early to tell to, to, to pick that one. I, I don't know. But Florida should be favored, right? Florida should be favored? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Georgia's going to be favored in that one. Hey, Tom, and Brent, what do you, what do you guys score on you know, Florida, Florida during the game? I've got, I got, I got Florida winning uh, 28, 28-21. I, I don't have a final score, but Florida Georgia, I expect uh, Georgia to run away with that one. Yeah, I think may, Georgia, unless unless they stop themselves from doing so. Yeah, I, th- I think Georgia Georgia's a lot better than Florida. I think Georgia run. I think Georgia wins that one pretty pretty handily. But they they're still having Florida. They're still having Georgia and uh, the championship game, right? Or should it be Tennessee probably? I mean, right now Georgia, right now Georgia is still the favorite to go to the. Uh, Title game. They haven't lost. But you probably see like uh, you probably see Tennessee or uh, someone else for the uh, championship game. I mean, it's it's going to be tough for people to catch up with Florida. One one team to watch out for right now is Missouri. They're doing really well. Well, I've heard like, I've heard a problem. Probably you've got a Tennessee going if they went out the rest of their games or Missouri or somebody like that. Yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be rough. Uh, it would it would be rough for uh, to see Missouri get in there because Georgia would have to lose a couple times here going down the stretch, and I don't I don't know how uh, how much that was going to be if the if Georgia will lose that many games. Uh, Matt, we got to wrap things up here. You want to do the well, cheer? Hey, yeah, well, hey, one more question now. Here, have you guys heard from we have not heard from him. Fired. Oh yeah. But hey, if he got if he said he got fired, he got not. I rehired. He got back. 
but he's fine. He has money. And he's got he's got to say War Eagle. All right, well, we'll have to let him know. You ready to do the okay. cheer? You guys ready? You guys ready? Absolutely. Five, four, four three, two, two, one. War Eagle. 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 Hey. hey. Beat Bill at 214 to... Boo. Booyah. 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 Hey, do you, do you, have you guys talked to J.J. or my man, man, Devon Reed or Bo Jackson? Have not talked to them yet, but we're, we'll, we'll try to get them on soon for you. All right, Tom, get your girlfriend on the show next Monday. I'll see what I can do. All right, you got to more money. Hey, and 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 Tom, I'll meet Brent. I'll see you at the next volleyball game if I go. All right, I'll I'll let you know if I go. All right. And I'll probably see you at some basketball games this year, probably. All right, we'll have to look for you. All right, Warrior. Uh, Warrior, that was Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn from Casita joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We had our next break of the hour. When we come back, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line and more of our analysis of Auburn and Ole Miss right after this. a time out sports call will be back after this quick break i'm Corey grant former auburn football and nfl running back and you are listening to sports call on tiger Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, Brent Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me in studio. Who's ready for another positive takeaway from the, or a positive stat from the game? I know I am. Everybody, it's all you, it's all you Bucko. I was, I was going to say, not everybody, you know, say yay at once. Uh, Auburn football has scored in 136 consecutive games. It's the second longest streak in school history. This is my favorite. This is my favorite stat that you do every time that you host the Monday Show. You're just like, hey. Auburn didn't get shut out. That's right. Yep. Did not get shut out. We do that a lot. That's right. 136 consecutive games that Auburn has not been shut out. Wow. As I said, second longest streak in school history. How about that? What's the longest streak? Does that, it have it? It does not have it here. Ah. We'll have to ask. We'll have to see if we can get a clarification Shelly. on that. We'll have to see if uh, the Media Relations Department can get us that stat at some point here. 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Let's head back there as we round out the hour here with just a few more minutes left and head to our state's capital. It is James from Montgomery. James is joining us on the show today. James, how are you doing today? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. It's been a couple days since we've heard from you. Yeah, I've been I'm very busy trying to keep up with this um, reaction of Auburn and Old Miss, and I'm not very happy with what uh, Hugh Freeze is actually doing as a head coach. I think a lot of people are in your, uh, your your same shoes right now, James. Yes, because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at the bottom of the schedule right now for Auburn, and if Hugh Freeze does not make a huge change 
or a huge bounce back next couple of weeks or next uh, this coming up weekend when we play against uh, Mississippi State, I think it will be a it will be a great time for Hugh Freeze to pack up and leave. Well, I, I, I think that's where you start to differ from some fans. I know a lot of fans are not happy right now with Hugh Freeze, but uh, I, I think that uh, not a lot of people are saying it's time for him to pack up. I think they do agree that you, that there needs to be some sort of changes, especially on the offensive side, because you're entering a stretch here of three weeks uh, or, or four weeks of Auburn football that uh, is very, very winnable for this team. Yes, as well, because with, with um, you know Mississippi State coming to Auburn, I don't see I don't see Auburn winning against Mississippi State or um, or Vanderbilt or uh, Arkansas or New Mexico State or Alabama for that matter because those those five teams are a powerhouse five teams of the of the Southeastern Conference as well. Uh, yeah, Alabama definitely is a is a powerhouse of the Southeastern Conference. I don't know about the uh, the other teams uh, on that list. There, everybody on this, everybody except for Alabama is having their struggles or uh, some big struggles this year. Alabama is having struggles of their own, but uh, not to the level of these other schools. But uh, I, I think it's a, a pretty winnable stretch here for Auburn uh, coming up as long as they make some some necessary changes. Yes, as well because what I looked at was at the beginning of the game it was seven to seven all the way through, and then once they made a huge change from uh, Peyton Thornton to Robbie Ashford, what was going on? I said this last couple of weeks. Uh, Hugh Freeze needs to stop putting. Uh, Robbie Ashford in and Peyton Thornton now, and then just switching those two quarterbacks back and forth. That was what happened last week and the week before. I mean, it needs to stop. This is not an Auburn thing that I would like to see lose. Yeah, I think you're in the same again in the same boat as a lot of different people. They're they're a little bit tired of that quarterback switching uh, constantly for this offense. Yes, as well, because it, it was very, it's like confusing to me. It was like one minute they had Peyton Thornton out there. The next minute they had Robbie Ashford out there. What what quarterback will Hugh Freeze actually start for this weekend's game against Mississippi State? I need to know before this weekend starts. Well, I, I, I think it doesn't matter which quarterback ends up starting. I think they're both going to play, and that's kind of the – that's what we've seen. I thought they, we, I think we all thought that they were going to settle on one or the other at some point. But to this point, there, there's been no sign of settling and letting one guy run the offense. They're going to keep switching back and forth, and we're going to keep complaining about it. I'm sure. Yeah, we, we're really going to keep complaining about it because you know a lot of fans that are like true diehard Auburn fans, like myself and many others, we need to get, uh, we need to get a better head coach for Auburn. I mean, there's there's no particular reason why Hugh Freeze is coming to a school that's. I mean, we've won uh, national championships, but it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, when we played against Old Miss, what they really, what they really were, uh, what the, um, what they were saying that Hugh Freeze was the head, the former head coach at Old Miss. No, he wasn't. And I looked it up. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the head coach at Ole Miss. So I don't know where somebody got that information from. That's not. Yeah, James. Yeah, James. Hugh Hugh Freeze was the head coach at Ole Miss. He has been the head coach at Ole Miss before. 
no, he was not the the last head coach. Yeah, not Miss, the last head coach, but, but he was but the few, head coach. Uh, yeah, a few years back, he was the head coach at Liberty most recently. Yeah, because he was at he was at Liberty. I, I looked it up. I looked at his uh, coaching stats, and he was the head coach at Liberty. Then he was the head coach at Ole Miss before. Yeah. Uh, before Les Miles. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got so, for us today, James? Well, I'm just going to look at um, – I'm actually looking at my Texas Rangers team and seeing mm-hmm. how we're going to do uh, for Game 7, and I'm hoping that we'll we'll take this one to the World Series. Oh, yeah, big Game 7 tonight. The the two best words in base, in, uh, in sports, really, is, is a Game 7 versus those Houston Astros. Uh, I think a lot of folks are, are rooting for your Rangers to get it, uh, get it done tonight. Yeah, so I'm I'm very um, I'm very heated from last uh, week uh, of seeing uh, one of my players actually having like a fight altercation, and I, I just don't know what was going on or what words were being exchanged. I saw the video and I don't know what was being said. Yeah, there was a there's a couple uh, suspensions there that were dealt out by Major League Baseball after that little altercation between the Rangers and the Astros, but. It's a uh, it, it's a little Texas rivalry action in the ALCS to try to go to the World Series, and they'll they'll wrap it up tonight with Game Seven. What else you got for us today? You ready for your Mavericks to start playing? Oh uh, yes, we are. I am actually ready for this before uh, the the uh, the tip off for uh, tomorrow, and I am going to be looking at. Um, I'm going to see how we're going to do for the uh, preseason before the act- before the regular season starts as well, because uh, we really do have our first uh, opener. Um, we play in Brooklyn. We play against uh, a, a strong team of the Brooklyn Nets with uh, Wendon and Miana. So I don't know how uh, my Mavericks are going to do. But I'm just gonna see what's gonna be happening tomorrow. Yeah, y'all, uh, y'all play the Brooklyn Nets at home on Friday, but y'all do get uh, get things started on Wednesday night on the road at the San Antonio Spurs and Victor Wimbanyama uh, on Wednesday night. So that should be a really, really fun ma- uh, basketball game. Are you ready for your Cowboys to be back off the bye week? Uh, yes, I'm actually ready for my Cowboys uh, to be back off the bye week as well, and. Um, I'm I'm gonna just see what what's uh, what's been done over the, over some time, and uh, I've been looking at some other teams for uh, for my Cowboys to actually play. I looked at uh, you know the Miami Dolphins. I looked at them, and I don't know if my Cowboys would uh, get a win out of out of Miami because they do have Tyreek Hill. So I don't know if that's going to be a win or if that's going to be a loss as well. Well, well, y'all take on the Los Angeles Rams this coming weekend, so that'll be a big, big matchup for you guys. Well, James, what type of trivia do you want before uh, tomorrow for us to have ready for you? Um, I'll probably say Halloween trivia because it's right around the corner. All right. Well, we'll talk to you then. How about that? All right. Sounds good. And I do have, on tomorrow, I do have a Halloween joke for you all for uh, Halloween Eve as well. That's going to be coming in a couple of days from now. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to that. We'll give you some Halloween trivia tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We've hit the top of the hour break. Tiger Communication Sports Report coming up in this break. Anthony from Auburn and uh, Wardam Steve are on the line waiting. We'll get to y'all right after this short break. You're listening to Sports Call, hour number one in the books. And we are rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9, our Tiger Communications app online on the Tiger.fm, as well as on the Sports Call podcast. You ever miss a sports call live? You just want to hear something again? Make sure you go listen to that sports call podcast brought to my friends at Coca-Cola, wherever you get your podcasts. You missed the first hour. We had some good phone calls. Started breaking down the Auburn and Ole Miss. We'll talk more about it as we go along here. We'll talk more about college football in general, uh, and specifically in the SEC from this past weekend as we roll along. Uh, and under hour number two, I'm Brooks Childress, hosting today in, in place of Ryan Lavoy. He's making his way back from Tampa where he saw his Buccaneers play against the Atlanta Falcons. On uh, our yesterday, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me in studio as they do every single Monday. We now go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to lead off our number two, and it is... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is joining us. Anthony, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing good, and you guys? Doing great. What's on your mind today? You know, Friday night I had opportunity. I was off work and a rare opportunity at that, but... Uh, had opportunity to watch those Auburn High Tigers on TV uh, Friday night, and I tell you that number eight, uh, Phoenix City, that wide receiver, he reminded me 100 percent of a Julio Jones. That physical size, uh, uh, you know, speed. Uh, I mean, he just stuck out like a sore thumb uh, all over that field Friday night. I think he scored about four touchdowns or whatnot. I mean, just really, uh, really made the difference. Uh, got that game out of hand, but you know, uh, to my understanding, he's uh, committed to Texas A&M. But it makes you wonder with with Jimbo Fisher being on a uh, hot seat down there and things are kind of shaking, Jimbo very well may not be there next year, and, and that whole staff very well may be gone. Couldn't know what happens the remainder of the season, but we'll see what goes on with that. But I was just wondering, uh, as far as official visits, had he been extended official visit to Auburn? Uh, is he, if he has been, has he taken it or, or, or whatnot? You guys uh, know? He was at Auburn this weekend for that Ole Miss game. He's been, uh, he, Auburn has been hitting him very hard. Um, it was down to, between Texas A&M and Auburn when he committed earlier in the fall and uh, he chose Texas A&M, but Auburn has not wavered in trying to, uh, in trying to get flip that commitment. They've been, uh, we've seen pictures almost every Friday night of an Auburn uh, offensive staffer being down at a Phoenix city game, uh, checking them out and trying to, trying to uh, make sure that he knows that they're there, try, still trying to flip that, uh, that commitment. So Auburn is very much still trying to get a hold of him. I definitely stay on that. Uh, I mean, you know, if I got to send somebody watching practice every day, uh, I got to send somebody to attend a church service. I mean, it might sound a little weird, a little outlandish, but if that's what I got to do uh, to let him know that we want him over here, because you think about it, that's just 30 miles down the road, fellas. Yeah. You can be there in about 20 minutes. So, I mean, you get in that car and get out on it. You be there 20, 25 minutes. I mean, when you got that caliber, uh, the bell cap, if you will, a parade All-American, a blue chip, or whatever you want to call it, you got that caliber of athlete uh, just 30 miles from your campus, uh, you got to roll out the red carpet and do all you can. 
very well may be able to flip him. Uh, it depends on what happened uh, between nine signing date. But I would be trying to get something together, uh, whatever pitch or whatever it is, or uh, hopefully to if I got to win his mama over, or grandmother, or somebody, I, I'd do whatever within reason and what's legal. You don't want to do anything illegal mm-hmm. to see to see if I can get him to change. I mean, good God! I mean, that kind of athlete. If you can bring in a bell cow like that and add a few more pieces to the puzzle, offensive lineman, and of course a quarterback, uh, getting ready to go into next year, and that shows signs of hey, we're we going to really build something here. I mean, Auburn ain't far off. The defense is. I mean, I thought they did uh, about as well as they could have played uh, Ole Miss as anybody else has played Ole Miss this year. Ole Miss did not score all those points. The game was could have been winnable. I mean, you know, it was a fourteen to fourteen tie, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. At halftime, it was. And then Ole Miss would come back in the second half and score fourteen more points, but Auburn would still get seven more on the board. I mean, to make it look respectable and good, but you know, uh, the difference makers is just Auburn just ain't got the quarterback they need right now. They don't have the offensive line right now. But uh, going into these last five games, uh, it starts this week. Whether Auburn is going to be bowl eligible or not, they must win this week. It starts this week with Mississippi State. Auburn's going to have to come up with a game plan. I would assume uh, it's going to be uh, more ball running. I would say heavy ball running and pass only when you got to, but I would say a short passing game. There's no sense in keep on trying to throw anything deep or whatnot because we just clearly ain't there with this quarterback they got. Uh, probably get more you can get out of running backs at the offensive line. If you can get the production out of the offensive line and running backs, and don't make too many mistakes and play good defense and special teams, and you can beat a Mississippi State and get ready for the next one because these next four games are winnable. They are, but it just depends on what kind of game plan Auburn going to put together. And it depends on what kind of game plan these teams going to put together because everybody's seen enough film on Auburn now to know that if you can stop the run and force them into passing, which is something they don't want to do, then you pretty much got Auburn. If you can score about 20, 25 points or whatnot, then uh, you can get a victory. So we'll see how all that unfolds and how the recruiting thing goes. But I certainly would love to see. I mean, that number eight, uh be nice if Auburn could get him. You know, I, I, it just makes you wonder now. I mean, if Alabama, if he would committed to Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or somewhere else, some of those teams that are always in the thick and thin of uh, big-time playoffs, then you say, okay, well, I understand that. But way he takes A&M, it'll just make you wonder. I don't know what to do. I heard Damon Craig was down there. That might mm-hmm. be one of the factors. Uh, what night is he down there? I, guess I heard he was down there. Yeah, he's still uh, at Texas what? A&M. Okay, well, that may be it. I don't know. I've heard some things and whatnot, but uh, we'll see. But I tell you, I just, uh, when I saw that kid, I said, that's just a spitting image of Julio Jones all over again. But speaking of Julio Jones, he got a little action last night. Uh, he caught one pass. But other than that, he did some blocking and whatnot, decoy a time or two. But I guess as the season goes on, maybe he'll get more time. I guess this is his first week or whatnot. So I, I guess once he learns more of the offense and maybe going down the stretch, uh, fit him in here and there. What do you guys thought about the Eagles and uh, Dolphins last night? That was a great football game. Uh, and you know, up until I say it's a great football game, up until the Eagles kind of took over there in that fourth quarter. But, you know, it, it Julio, I, I think you're going to see him used a little bit more here going down the stretch. Uh, Brant, I think, said it last week off the air. But, you know, Julio's still a guy that you're, you know, is going to draw attention. Even though he's he's an older wide receiver, you put him on the field, he's going to start drawing some attention from the, the def- defensive backs. And they've got some other talented wide receivers that they can, uh, that they can get out there. And uh, that, that maybe can open up a little bit for them there too. It, it definitely will, because I mean, you know, you got a leader like that and experience, and uh, 
that opens up the opportunities for other guys because you got to count for Julio too. Even though he might be a little bit older, the old man still might have a move or two left in the tank. Yeah. But you know, I, I tell you, like I was telling somebody last night, that's a good recruiting tool for Alabama because uh, that Sunday morning on one of the NFL shows, uh, they brought him on, interviewed him, and and they put up a board of all the players that are currently in the pros from Alabama right now. And you're talking getting as close as you getting to signing date in December, and you got people on the fence that could be flipped or whatnot, and you get to looking at that. And you see all the current players that are current on NFL teams playing now. And then last night when they started announcing where these guys were from, and, and the Dolphins had several from Alabama, and and uh, it seemed like the Eagles half their team was uh they had at least seven or eight players from Alabama. When kids start seeing that, and these guys most of them went first round, and and was this or that, or, or won these national awards, that could very well make the difference in somebody's mind. It certainly would have helped Alabama recruit. And I would think that. Uh, have that going on uh, national television and whoever, uh, whatever kids uh, all across the nation that tune in and watch. Yeah, I think in total there was 11 Alabama, former Alabama players on those right. two rosters last night. Right. So I tell you, that's just uh, good advertisement for the university uh, as far as any kind of public relations or recruiting going on. I'd, I'd say, uh, hey, that's just a win-win. Absolutely, especially for a, a, a team. And, and tell you what, Alabama doesn't need the help in in recruiting usually, but it, that just adds a little fuel to their fire. It certainly does. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get my pick in. So All right. I'm going to wait tomorrow. I'm going to say a 20-20 tie at the end of the regulation, and whoever can uh, take care of business in overtime win this game. Okay, so you think overtime in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday, and then we'll I'm see what happens. I'm saying overtime. 20-20 right. tie is what I believe it will be. All right. All right, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that call, Anthony. Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Before we head to our first break of hour number two, we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic one more time. Staying here in Auburn, it is Gabe joining us. Gabe, how are we doing this afternoon? I'm doing all right. How about y'all? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I think we should fire Montgomery for cause. I mean, that was abysmal. I have not seen worse in a long time, and I'm a Saints fan, so, you know, I'm going through it offensively this year, and uh, that was rough. Yeah. I mean, we didn't uh, try to get any of our players in space. I mean, there was no screen game. We're, throw- we're calling inside zones on third and five. I mean, I, I don't I- – <laughs> I- it's really hard for me to get my head around what, what is going on up in the booth. Yeah, I think a lot of people are asking that same question today. And, uh, you know, when I'm watching Peyton Thorne play, I mean, I'm sitting in the student section. I mean, the stadium was loud in the beginning. I mean, it was it was all it can be. And, you know, it's just they, it's like they're losing their fans here with all this quarterback switching in the stadium. And I'm watching Peyton Thorne, and I just don't think this guy is fully bought in to what they're, uh, what they're trying to sell. I mean, you, you, you watch him roll out. He decides to run. He can't make his mind up, gets tackled. Or later in the game, you see him run over a safety. I mean, just completely lower his shoulder and run over a safety. And it's, it's this guy just can't make his mind up, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, the quarterbacks, especially the quarterback switching, is starting. A lot of people started to bring it up last week. 
uh, about how it, it does it's not working. It continued this week. You saw Robbie Ashford actually get the technically. Uh, Peyton Thorne was announced as the starter. You saw Robbie Ashford out there as the the first quarterback out there. So technically, he got the start uh, for for the Auburn Tigers. And then you started the the carousel of rotating them in and out. You saw Holden Gurner in on that that double pass uh, the fail attempt. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 starting to get to a point where you know you're you're looking at you. Uh, a lot of people are asking uh, the question if they're going to settle on a quarterback because neither you know Peyton Thorne's has his struggles. You look at Robbie Ashford, uh, I think a lot of people, when you see Robbie Ashford come in, you know his struggles at the quarterback position, and I think a lot of people are, are starting to get fed up with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing with Peyton, and this is, this is really my running theory, and I've talked to a couple different people about this, is this guy can't he, – he needs to play consistent football to stay at a certain level, and it's clear he's regressed. And him missing spring has clearly – taken a toll, but the fact that we're not letting him play the whole game is not going to get him back to where he was in the first place when we wanted to transfer for him. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I'm watching Robbie. I mean, that deep shot, that was a bad interception, but, you know, it it's 50 yards down the field and late in the fourth quarter, and it's, it's not as impactful as throwing one in the end zone into double coverage. I mean, I'm sitting in the stadium. I see him turn his head, and I look at my friend, I say, interception, and then sure enough, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I know our receivers are not as good as they they could be, but Fairweather is a good ball player, and we're not trying to get him in space. We're not trying to really use anything intelligently. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are, are very, very upset with I know that both guys sitting in front of me, Brant and, uh, and Tom, are both guys that are not happy with how the offense is flowing right now, and uh, especially about that quarterback usage and Brant, you, I think you've been one of the uh, one of the proponents about uh, some of the that passing, uh, the especially specifically the route trees. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, there are things that you can do. the The sport of football is old enough to where people have figured out if you have wide receivers that are not running four twos and are not six five two twenty, you can scheme them open. And yeah. again, it's it's uh, it's something that Hugh Freeze has done before. That's that's what keeps baffling me is if it's like, if this was just something that this guy had never dealt with, and had always had great athletes, and had always had just incredible players, and he needed to have incredible players to put something forward on offense, then fine. But he's come into bad situations before, and in year one made those bad situations significantly better. Yeah. Um, and, and the way that he's just not doing those things right now, maybe it is all Philip Montgomery's fault, but you know, I, and certainly I don't think Philip Montgomery is innocent of any blame and I don't expect him to be back next year unless something changes dram- dramatically, uh, in between now and the end of the season. But uh, the fact that they're not doing some of those things at the moment is it's concerning and confusing. It's absolutely. And I mean, I, I don't know if y'all watch a lot of Saints football, but I have been struggling with a lot of third down play calling, you know, um, and uh, it just it really was bad yesterday, in my opinion. I mean, we're we're at the fifty yard line and or you know around the forty, and we're running it inside zone on third and five, and I think we did it twice. And I mean, it's just you know you're not you're not averaging without that Jarquez run you're not averaging that many yards on a run play so i don't understand i don't understand what the what the thought is there behind that i mean that just baffled me 
Yeah. Personally. Um, and then, I mean, we got, we had a good, we had a good Thursday night game for probably the first time this season, which was fun to watch. I mean, Derek Carr is very wishy-washy in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, it's I mean, interesting. I, I like Derek Carr. I've been a defender of Derek Carr, even though I'm a, I'm a Falcons fan. I thought he was going to do well with the Saints, but it is it has been weird this year for sure. It's it's he's either hot or he's not. But I mean, you really got to see the the prima donna side of Derek Carr Thursday. All those all those zoom ins on him on the sideline screaming at people. It, it was uh, yeah. He got he got mad at one of his receivers for not going after a ball that was thrown five yards out of bounds. On, that, on, was, yeah, that was that was weird. And I mean, Olave Olave did not have a good game. I mean, he he caught or dropped, I want to say, two fairly good balls, and he just full dropped them, and uh, that was frustrating to see. But I mean, Michael Thomas is playing his heart out, which is exciting to see after him not playing for two years. So it's uh, it's you know, it's the same deal with Auburn, where you've got a good and in the Saints' case, I believe, a great defense and just. So inconsistent offensive play. It's just, uh, it's a frustrating year for me, as you could imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm in that same boat too. Is I, I watch my team on Sundays, and they've got a great defense, and there's just nothing there on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, well, y'all beat the Bills yesterday, so we did. be happy with that. We did. Be happy with that. that I didn't get to watch it, but. Uh, I got a bunch of friends that are from New York that are Bills fans, and I can imagine how their house was feeling. <laughs> so, I can uh, imagine. Yeah, I mean, this, I, you know, Hugh kind of changed his tune this week. I mean, he's been talking about how he's all recruiting. He just kind of takes the, not take the blame off of himself for the play calling, but, you know, in previous weeks he's been, I'm really focusing on recruiting and whatnot, and then this week he's like, well, I'm in the play calling a little bit. I don't know if he's just trying to defend Montgomery saying that, but I just don't, I mean, we hired you for a good reason, and I just don't see him being involved and it playing out how it is playing out. Yeah, you know, I I feel like he he was, you know, at the beginning of the year, you you look at it, and, you know, he definitely, I think he definitely handed things off to to Philip Montgomery, and it was all Philip. I think you've seen him uh, probably get a little bit more involved as the season's gone on, and I think you know you're you're starting to hear him talk about being more involved here recently because you you just see that the offense is not doing anything, and he's now having to step in. Uh, I I feel like he was very much on the you know telling the truth. He's he's been very open about uh, his you know what uh, his time at Auburn here so far that he's been on that recruiting trail quite a lot. He's been uh, handling recruiting, uh, but. You know, I think you're you're starting to see he's he's starting to see that he can't really, uh, you know, can't really outsource the uh, the offense as as much as he thought he could. And uh, you know, Brant mentioned it earlier. You know, if if Philip Montgomery is not back next year, or even if he is back next year, uh, I think that you're going to see Hugh Freeze start to uh, to take a more uh, front and center driver's seat role in in game planning and also play calling of this offense is uh, going down the down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I watched the Mississippi State Arkansas game, and both those teams we should we should beat, especially Mississippi State at home. And I feel like Hugh needs to take the reins fully and show that he's got control of this uh, control of his staff here, and really just uh, take the reins this week and put a whooping on Mississippi State because I believe we can. Yeah. Because that that Arkansas game, I mean, I watched the center snap the ball one foot. I don't know if y'all know the play I'm referring to, but. He literally moved the ball a foot and just stood there and, like, stuff like that. I mean, it's, 
you know, that was a that was a bad game. I know they're they're also going to try and turn it around after that, but I feel like Mississippi State at home, we should we should pour it on and really get the fans back behind us. Yeah, you know, I think a part of that game from this past weekend for Mississippi State's offensive struggles is their starting quarterback, Will Rogers, was out. Uh, and yeah. It was Mike Wright uh, leading things for the Bulldogs. But you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, you, we've talked all year, uh, and you know, Hugh Freeze has talked all year about talent gap. These next three games, specific or next four games specifically, talent gap should not be an issue with the Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and uh, and New Mexico State. That you you need to come in, have a good game plan, and. Uh, this is where you got to get some wins here if you're you're going to make a bowl game, right? Absolutely, and and I uh, I said you know early on this summer just with my friends you know there's there's five games this this season that are going to be really rough and we're through four of those and I said I think there's four that we can win and the Georgia game was closer than I thought it was going to be which I was excited to see yeah but you know we've we're zero and three against you know Ole Miss A and M and LSU. And uh, Alabama is always a tough, a tough thing. And I, you know, I said if if Hugh really wants to come in and have the big year next year and really get those recruits in, winning winning one or two of those games would be the way to do it. And so, I really think he needs to he needs to full take over because I don't as a recruit, you know, I was recruited out of high school for a different sport, but you know, you look at you look at what's going on, and that does not look good from the outside. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for giving us a call today. Uh, call back in sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I had I had one more thing. Yeah, go and, ahead. Uh, this is really just just a funny thing. Did y'all watch the UCF game? Uh, little bits of it. Little bits. It was on at the same time as that Penn State Ohio State game, so that was a little right. bit more in front and center. But you saw uh, it was following along with it. Yeah, the two point yeah, conversion and, uh, was typical Gus. Yeah, no, it was the most typical Gus game I've, I think I've ever seen. I, I laughed when I was really watching it. And I was like, well, and uh, my friends are like, well, I think UCF's going to win this. I said, no. <laughs> I said, you know, it's about to be either Gus is going to win it in Gus fashion or it is going to be razor close and it's going to be a reason why they keep him hired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I, mean, I thought that was funny in a very Gus fashion. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was very close. I almost had it. Almost had almost. it. Almost, I almost put a big uh, big dent in those Oklahoma playoff ch- uh, chances, but they were able to pull it out, and uh, we, we've seen a couple of games like that this year for, for those UCF Knights. Yep, absolutely. It's just always funny to me. It's so close with us. Always so close. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much for giving us a call today, Gabe, and uh, call back some uh, sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all have a good day. Absolutely. You too. That was Gabe calling from <laughs> Auburn, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's head to our break. When we come back right after this, we head back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Steve has been waiting. We'll get to him right after this. has been on the air since 1995. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports call, Auburn.
Welcome back to Monday's edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger Communications app, online at the Tiger.fm. Our stream is back. Our stream is back. We got the uh, the Sports Call stream fixed on the website, so you go there and listen. There's a little bit of a delay, so if you get out of your car and you get on the app and you pull up Tiger, or you pull up the Sports Call feed, there's going to be a little bit of a delay there. You're going to hear something probably that you just heard back in the car, but it's okay. It's okay. We're back on the air, or at least back online. Time for another, uh, well, you know what? I'll give you two this time. Let's go. Two more positive stats from this weekend for Auburn. We'll start in the, uh, the individual notes for special teams. Oscar Chapman now has 34 punts of 50 yards during his career. Or 50-plus yards during his career. We talked about it last week. Absolute weapon on the uh, on the special team side of things, Oscar Chapman. Yeah. I, I, I know we kind of say that, like, tongue-in-cheek, oh, dude, the punter's so good. But really, when you, when you have an offense that struggles the way Auburn's does, field position becomes so important. That's right. And Oscar Chapman legitimately has a chance to help Auburn win a game or two this year just, just by playing the field position battle. He's, he is very, very useful. So Oscar Chapman, uh, another 50-plus uh, yard punt on Saturday. Uh, offensive individual game notes, not a lot here, as you could expect. But here's one. Jerquez Hunter scored his fourth and fifth rushing touchdowns of the season, giving him 15 for his career. The 53-yard touchdown run was Hunter's longest of the season. And this is Hunter's second career game with multiple rushing touchdowns scored. So Jerquez Hunter... Fourth and fifth rushing touchdowns of the season, 15th of his career, longest run touchdown of the season, and the second career game that he scored multiple touchdowns in. It's been nice to kind of see Jarquez starting to get, get things going here these last couple of games, but you, you need more of the offense to get going. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people uh, a lot of people hear that and they say, oh, good for him, but you know, we need more uh, more cohesiveness on that offense. And, uh, and you know, not a lot of people would argue with them. 334-887-34, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. It's how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. As we go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, back over there it is... Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve joining us on the phone line. Steve, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for asking. Uh, Mr. Briggs and Mr. Uh, Tom and Mr. Brent, right? That's correct. All right. But, guys, you know, prior of my retirement, I uh, was a uh, licensed professional counselor, and I'd see people presenting uh, to me with uh, their presenting problems, I'd ask what they were, and quite often I'd uh, inquire about what had they been doing to try to remedy uh, their difficulties they were struggling with prior to seeing me, and then when I'd hear it, uh, then I'd ask them, well, how's that working? They said it just wasn't working for them, and they were continuously doing the same strategies. So my then the comment to them would be two words. I said, stop it. And they'd look at me, and I'd say, stop it. Stop what you've been doing, because it hasn't been working, has it? So uh, if I were to have any kind of contact. I don't know if you guys have a super secret email uh, to correspond to the uh, offensive coaches, uh, including Mr. Montgomery, then I would love to say to them in person uh, or by email, stop it. Just stop what the hell you've been doing. 
because it ain't been working. If you keep doing it for the next remaining five games, it ain't going to work again. Now, uh, having said that, guys, I don't hear you chuckles from anybody. Uh, I'm going to do uh, something to the kind of twist. You know, you guys are going to do five to five, right? We all? Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to try something called four at four. Okay. Okay. So, number one, Auburn had only six pass attempts the entire game before Thorne completed six of his final eight passes in the game, guys. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Think about that one, okay? All right. Number two, quote, when asked by reporters after the uh, game of Hugh Freeze about their continuing to use the uh, two uh, carousel quarterback uh, uh, strategies, uh, he said the following. They're doing two different things, truthfully, in the packages, end of quote. Whether that's smart or not, I don't know. We've got to figure that out. We obviously think it is or have thought it is. End of quote. Uh, number three, guys. Um, the Tigers have failed to score more than 21 points against our five teams this season. Now, with only five first downs entering the fourth quarter, we were 4 of 14 on third downs in the game. Yeah, and you got to start converting those. Okay. And to... Make it number four. Uh, this might give you a little bit uh, pause in thinking about uh, our offensive woes. This is from Jason Caldwell. The group, the white the, the, the receivers, if you can call them that, um, combined for just three catches for 28 yards. Now, it's almost impossible to win a football game uh, with that kind of production. So yeah. those are my four, four guys. Uh, your comments, thoughts? Well, I mean, the uh, I'll, I'll start. Uh, Tom, I know you've got a comment, but I'll start with that, that last stat that you gave us about the wide receivers. And, you know, we've talked about something needed to change. Um, if, if you're not, you know, and you need to have more pass attempts, but if you're not getting the production you need out of those wide receivers, uh, less pass attempts may be the, the more better route to go where you're not throwing it to the wide receivers. You are you know factoring those tight ends a little bit more. You're factoring in the running backs out of the backfield a little bit more, catching balls, because obviously you've seen going uh, this year that the wide receivers have not been able to uh, consistently have good performances on the year. And, and so you know it, I think all, all around you just need better uh, some, something to work on offense, but you know, if you're 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 trying to fix things with those that wide receiver core, maybe throwing it to the the true wide receivers, maybe a little bit of a little bit of a fix, and you try to get it to other people in that passing game, try to open things up more. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, if if your passing game is going to be this anemic and just not even there, then you better hope that your running game, you better hope that your game plan is about like what you normally see with Army or Navy or Georgia Tech back in the day when they were running the the wishbone and the triple option, you better be just gashing people on the ground where you don't have to pass the ball. But the thing is, Auburn's not doing that. They're running it okay at times, but most of the time they're not. And so it's it's kind of a hit-and-miss running game and a completely absent passing game, and so therefore uh, you end up with the stats that you have. Okay. You know the comments, Brent? Mm-hmm. I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. You see, just like probably, 
I mean, it really, really troubles me as as a fan uh, that I was not, I mean, that gung-ho, obviously, you know that, about Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. And then with all the experience he's had to say, gee, I don't know, I can't, we haven't figured it out yet why this isn't working. Well, you know what it isn't working, right? Yeah. So do something else. You see, uh, you know, it, that, that's the thing is it's, I just, yeah, it may be working in practice. I don't know what the, what, what the secret sauce is there because, you know, you, you've had different, you know, you've, you've tried a couple different things. You've tried moving those quarterbacks in and out. And I just don't know how you, what, what else you need and what else you can do here. And you can't keep winning games when you do, I, I, I didn't know it was abysmal uh, when I was watching a game. Uh, you know, as bad as the need against our offense was, we really, unless uh, you guys see different, we had a realistic chance of winning that game. Oh, absolutely. The defense played out of their minds uh, inside Jordan Hurst Stadium Saturday night, gave the Auburn offense multiple chances to win. We, you know, we talked about it. It was tied at 14 at the half, uh, and then going to the third quarter, you were still only down by seven. Well, this is how bad it is, guys, on the offense. We only had five first downs, five, in the fourth quarter. And we were 4 of 14 on third downs in the entire game. That's 20, I think, 29 percent, something like that. Yeah. That's not winning football. Well, third, third downs, have, third downs have, have been a huge problem for Auburn all season long. But, you know, you look at the that Ole Miss, they were <laughs> two for 11. They were two for 11 on third downs. Auburn. Uh, wasn't too much, you know. They were a little bit better, or well, it's about the same. But you, you've got to convert those third downs. You've got to be able to go up there. And a lot of people have been talking about it, you know. And we, we had a caller earlier uh, that brought it up. You know, you're you're running the ball and doing some some zone reads on on third and you know medium or third and long, and it's just something. Some of that stuff is just confusing. And you know, Freeze has been around the block, especially in the SEC, to know. You can't do. You can't keep doing this crap and hope to win any more games, can you? I don't care if you are better talent wise, uh, and, and god awful uh, game against Mississippi State uh, with Arkansas. And I'm thinking, okay, what the heck happened to Arkansas? Because they scored what is it, 21 points against Alabama at, at Tuscaloosa. Yeah, 24-21 was the final of that one. How do you do that on the road and then come back at home and only score a field goal, guys? I didn't see the game though. But I saw the pass a dang. Well, their their starting quarterback was out for that. I don't know if that's the entirety of the the reason there, but their starting quarterback, Will Rogers, was out for last this past game. Don't know if he's going to be back this week against Auburn. Uh, uh, for Mississippi State, Arkansas, you know, they fired their OC yesterday. Dan Enos yeah, is gone, uh, and so you know, you, I I don't know if their offense is going to get better uh, since he's gone. I don't know what what that's going to look like, but yeah, Arkansas. The Arkansas is searching for stuff. Arkansas is in the same, about the same boat as Auburn. They're looking for, for anything that can help them. Well, I was reading Jason Caldwell's comments about everything in the offense, and he said, you know, we read, in the last six, uh, six minutes of the game, uh, we were going more up-tempo, and we actually were moving the ball. And Jason Caldwell's views is that we need to become more up-tempo um, to give us a realistic chance of winning the remaining games. Um, your thoughts, guys? I would like to see Auburn use more tempo. The thing is, if you, you know, if the offense continues to struggle and you go three and out and you're going quickly, then your defense is back on the field even faster. It, it, tempo can help. Uh, Auburn did not have much. Auburn did not have a ton of success 
in that fourth quarter because they went fast. They Yes, they did go fast, and yes, that helped. But also Ole Miss was playing a very conservative defense towards the end of that fourth quarter, and they weren't really trying well, to fool anything. They were they were pay they were playing like as base defense as they could. That's not a that's not something that you're going to see for four quarters. That you're not going to see that type of production just because you're going fast. Okay, so two comments that uh, Brent uh, Caldwell said that um, no, it's not an explanation how we were better in the last six minutes of the game because of the uh, defensive uh, strategies. Said they were still blitzing us and. Uh, if you're worried about the defense wearing out, said they would be worn out uh, by just doing the crap that we were doing uh, by not passing. Oh yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. I, I three at 14, four four, yeah, four fourteen. It didn't matter if we were going up tempo or not. No, I absolutely I agree that the the offense hasn't been good enough. I'm just saying you're making the problem worse if you can't do anything about it. Uh, Ole Miss was playing very vanilla defense. They may have sent a blitz or two, but they were not they were not doing the same exact things. Okay, that, I would right. say Ole Miss, so, Ole Miss's defensive coordinator Pete Golding knew. You know, you, you watch it. He knew that Auburn's offense was not doing anything, and so he wasn't going to going to throw all these exotic stuff out there to try to confuse him because he 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 knew that the Auburn offense was not going to uh, be able to beat them. And we're talking about Jaquez Hunter. I didn't know it was this bad for him, but he's only uh, over the past five games only been averaging two point nine yards per carry, guys. Yeah, he's gotten, you know, he got off to a slow start. We've seen him pick it up here these last couple games, but, you know, you look at his stats this week, uh, 15 carries for 91 net yards, uh, and most of those came on to want that 153-yard uh, run. Yeah, well, you know, statistics can, can be skewed to make you look like, hey, you're doing a lot better. Yeah. But actually, Jeremiah Cobb and Batiste uh, are actually averaging uh, almost uh, 5.9, I think, yards per carry over the, 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 the games we've played so far. So, uh, with that said, guys, um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that no one asked uh, Coach Freeze, you know, how come they continue doing what they're doing uh, and expecting different outcomes. Uh, is that uh, a, a question, that if I was a reporter or journalist, that would get me uh, no longer invited to the press conferences? I don't think it would get you no longer invited, but I, I think that if, if people are going to ask that, they kind of people kind of ask that in in different ways. It's they you ask it when the uh, I think you know a reporter earlier today, a uh, friend of the program, JG Tate, asked about you know, what if he was still comfortable with the quarterback rotation, how that you, they're asking them these questions in different forms uh, rather than just saying do you got you got to be more specific. Yeah. Well, you know. It's just amazing. When he we talk, I says, I think I can go look at my offensive stats everywhere I've been. And the answer is no. He said, never. Talking about uh, what's been going on offensively. And he says, so these are challenging times. Wow. Oh, you think so, huh? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, we played some good football teams, and that's some of it. But no, I haven't experienced a stretch quite like this. Hmm. Okay. Do you know we're ranked number 124, right, uh, passing offense in the nation? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's well, not good. I, yeah, every pa- every passing statistic is going to be down near the bottom of the country right now. Steve, are you there? Steve, we have a lot. Nope, there us, he right? is. You know, yeah, you know who's better than us in the SEC, right? Uh, Vander- passing Vanderbilt. I would Vanderbilt. assume most everybody. There it is. Yeah, God Almighty! I hope to gosh this is not 2012. Yeah, it's uh, you know. It's Auburn's got more talent than Vanderbilt. 
but the their offense they they've started to move the ball a little bit. Uh, you you look at their their point totals. They've scored some points. Um, I don't think you know. Obviously, I don't think this is twenty twelve. Uh, but you, if you're if you're this Auburn team, you've got to you know you got to figure something out here these next four games because you're playing teams that you should be able to beat here. Right. You know that's what I was thinking about. You know we can go seven five guys realistically. Yeah. If we if we just have average average, you know, offensive performance, we should beat these teams four out of five. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, your, your thoughts, guys? You think I'm being unrealistic? No, not at all. I think I think Auburn should win every game that they have left up until the Iron Bowl. If they don't, something is seriously wrong. Okay, especially so, the way the defense has been playing. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard about the booze, guys. I read that some people that were attending the game said uh, the booze were uh, having to do with the Ole Miss uh, fans doing the hotty toddy uh, chance. Uh, Other people no. said it was because no. of some of the plays, uh, like the uh, uh, god awful. A Holder Garner, you know, fiasco. Uh, but that's a, you know, I, I just have never been in favor of booing, you know, when you're at home with your home team. Uh, your guys' thoughts? Now, the, the the comments from the players, they were asked about that, said they even uh, hear the booing. Yeah. I don't know if they were being in denial or well, what. Well, look, the, the thing is, <clears throat> booing is going to happen. I mean, it, you're, you're not necessarily booing the players. I, the booing is out of frustration, and the main booing that was happening was another three and out, another three and out, another three and out. Hey, another three and out. Hey, guess what? Third and five. We're just going to hand the ball off and run it in the teeth of the defense. Hey, another third and six. We're just going to hand the ball off. You know, third and 12. We're just going to hand the ball off. The frustration is starting to uh, is starting to kind of boil over with the fan base. Because they're just tired of seeing three and out, three and out, three and out. And then on third down, just not even attempting to even try to get a first down and just running it and punting it. That's where the frustration is boiling over. So they're not booing the individual players. I don't think they're necessarily booing the individual coaches. They're booing just out of fr- pure frustration at what is taking place in front of them. Hey, Steve, we got about right. two minutes but left. The, the players don't know that, though. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't hurt it. Hey, it, it, it's part of it. They, it, it's booing comes along with the cheering, and if you're crapping the bed on the field, I don't care what team you're at. You can think you're higher and mightier than everybody else, but people get booed at this level of at this level of football. People boo. It's part of okay. it. Okay, fair, fair enough. Okay, I know the time's running short. I forgot to include this with my four four. So. Please forgive me, right. but this one uh, needs to be noted, okay? Uh, Anthony, I hope you're listening, okay? So uh, congratulations to the Alabama football team on Saturday for having the most outstanding disciplined college football team in the country, for having only, hold on, only garnered five yards in penalties for the entire game. Outstanding discipline. Impressive. Outstanding. I mean, uh, I, I didn't even think uh college football team uh, could be that good. Uh, so with that said, guys, I can think it's my time is way up, isn't it? Yeah, it, we're, we're about out of time here. Okay. Uh, but I'll just take uh, real, real quickly. All right. Something that happened in Major League Baseball history in 1993, 30 years ago. All right. Toronto's Blue Jays' Joe Carter won the World Series. Oh, walk-off home. For the Blue Jays. Yep. a walk-off, and it's not... He said, in fact, not only did he do that, win the game, but he won the series for them. And according to the History Channel, 
that was the first time that's ever been done. Yep. So if you didn't know it then, you know it now. That's right. That guys, my time is way, way up. So I thank you for your time and thank you for my attempts at sarcasm because with that, uh, I'm going to go back to drinking. So uh, <laughs> we'll uh, try this again tomorrow. And, uh, oh, I'll go ahead and give my prediction for the game real quickly. All right. Okay, for Saturday. I'm going three to two, the good guys, Auburn. All right. I like okay. it. Three to two, baby. It's going to be a, a rock fight. <laughs> All right. War Eagle, guys. Have a safe afternoon and evening. War Eagle, Steve. That was Ryan Ward. I'm Steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line as we wrap up mm. our number two right here, Tom. It, it, interesting. That, that's the now the second that we've had about a World Series going on on this date and time. That tells you how much Major League Baseball is stretched out. We, we mm. haven't even – we don't even know who's playing in the World Series yep. this year right now. You got a game seven tonight. And, and we've already had, you know – Today is the anniversary of a Game 7 walk-off home run in a World yeah. Series. And right now, we don't even know who's playing in this year's. Got a Game 7 coming up tonight between Texas and Ast- uh, the Astros. And then the uh, Game 6 between the, the uh, I almost said the Nationals, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks coming up tonight, or this afternoon. I think they should be getting, getting started here very, very soon, or if they're not already started uh, in, in that game in the NLCS. But... Yeah, baseball. Uh, you, know, you know, Steve. You know, talked or brought it up. The uh, impressive that the first walk off wasn't until the '90s in that in in the right. in there. But a lot of baseball still to be played, and we'll we'll figure out those uh, who's in that World Series here very very it's shortly. It's not the Braves. It's not the Braves. And so, <laughs> does that mean we actually care? Not really. I still do because I love baseball. And I hope that you guys out there care to listen to us for a third hour because we are coming back with one more hour of sports. Glenn Brooks, Shoulders, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining us here on the program. When we come back after this, it's your Tired Communications Sports Report on the air as well as a third hour of Sports Call. We'll be right back after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on a Monday starts right now on Tiger 95.9, online at the Tiger.fm, on the Sports Call podcast, as well as Retired Communications app. I'm Brooks Childress, filling in for Ryan LaVoy today, making his way back from Tampa, Florida, where he saw his Buccaneers and the Falcons play. Tom PV joining me here. He's wearing a Montgomery Biscuits hat today. That's right. Brant Daughtry's here. He's wearing an Auburn University graduate school shirt today. That's true. 
and we are having a fun time here on a Monday as we uh, continue to break down Auburn and Ole Miss from over the weekend from football. Uh, we'll get to some other football games from around the Southeastern Conference here in just a little bit. I uh, want to uh, start this hour off as we do every single day with the Sports Call 5 at 5 brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Visit them online at seland.com. We'll start the 5 at 5 today. As we do every single day, I've got some uh, positive Auburn stats from this past weekend. Uh, we've given you so far today a uh, two team notes, a individual special teams note, and a one individual offensive team note. Got a couple more offensive ones to hit later on the show, but I've got five defensive positive stats from this past weekend for the Sports Call 5 at 5. We'll start off with... Number one. Number one, Donovan Kaufman's interception is the second of his Auburn career and Kaufman's first of the season. It was a very impressive interception from Mr. Kaufman uh, at that. Moving on. Number two. Number two, Zion Puckett's interception was the first of his Auburn career. So a couple interceptions, first of the season for Donovan Kaufman, first of the uh, career for Zion Puckett. Moving on. Number three. Marcus Harris now has four sacks on the season. His seven tackles have tied a career high for him as well this past weekend. So Marcus Harris putting in some work. Uh, over the weekend. Number four. Number four, Eugene Asante now has three and a half sacks for the season on his uh, under his belt. And number five. Number five, Jalen McLeod now has one and a half sacks for the season. So Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, Marcus Harris, Eugene Asante, and Jalen McLeod all getting on the uh, the list this week for having positive individual notes uh, stats-wise from this past weekend. That is your Sports Call 5 at 5, brought to our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Visit them online at seland.com today. Guys, uh, wanna, you know, we've, we've talked about the offensive struggles. We've talked about uh, that a lot uh, as we roll on here in the third hour. I want to get your thoughts. You guys, uh, we've, we've talked about how well the defense played on Saturday. But you know, talk about, you know, once you guys get your thoughts on that performance as a whole, because you, know, you talked about it last week. We talked about it going into this game. This Ole Miss team is a very high-potent uh, high offense. They, we've seen them put up a lot of points this year. The only game that they've really been stymied in was that Alabama game a few weeks ago. Uh, but Auburn's defense uh, came out and they they gave Auburn's offense uh, or they gave all this Auburn team chances to uh, to be to stay in this uh, football game Saturday and have chances to win. Yeah, the thing to me that was most impressive is you come out and I mean they got scripted up. I mean the, the Ole Miss offense came out firing and they were really impressive. And then after they scored their second touchdown, the defense clamped down. They didn't they didn't let it get out of hand like they did the week before against LSU. Um, and I, I think that those two offenses are very comparable. And the fact that they were able to rebound from such a dismal start to come to get really give Auburn a chance to win the game. Um, got a turnover, Donovan Kaufman with a great catch on the tip drill, and you score points off of it. That, that's, that's what you need to do. Turnovers are equalizers, right? You can be less talented. That's why Auburn was in it with Georgia for so long. Because Georgia's kept turning the ball over. And the defense kept forcing those turnovers. It, it's not a matter of just... Well, crap, you fumbled and you happened to fall on the ball. You can make great defensive plays and force turnovers. And so far, Auburn has been really good at doing that, Jalen Simpson especially, so far this year. But, I mean, they, they held on until they just couldn't anymore. Uh, and and the, legs, the legs just kind of gave out because they got tired because the offense couldn't do anything with it. It was, a, it was another great performance by a defense that did not get the help it deserved. 
Yeah, so uh, the defense did exactly what it needed to do. Best. It, it, one more thing. Sorry to interrupt you, Tom. It, the best pass. The best the pass rush has looked all year. Yeah, by far. Yep. Uh, pass rush was there. Uh, so you know, we had said that Quinshawn Judkins, he was going to get some of his. Jackson Dart's going to get some of his. We know that's going to happen. You're not going to. You're not just going to completely eliminate Ole Miss's offense. They're going to make some plays here and there. The thing that you have to do is limit how many of those plays happen, and when they do happen, don't let it affect the rest of you. And that's what Auburn was able to do. I mean, it was too – I don't want to say to perfection, but, I mean, it was about as close as you could ask for. Uh, you know, yeah, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, he went for 124, uh, you know, averaged – five average five right at six you know so pretty decent game from him uh, but he didn't just gash you apart like he did a year ago Jackson Dart he made some plays with his arms he made some big plays with his feet but it was never anything that just kept on happening over and over and over again kind of like LSU where uh, big play after big play after big play kept leading to touchdowns and you know it was just a disaster. Auburn's defense did a great job with that. They forced the turnovers when they needed to. Um, they got timely stops. Ole Miss was only 2 of 11 on third down, so the defense was able to get off the field to give their offense a chance to do something. But as has been the case, the defense keeps you in it, but after a while they're going to wear down. I mean, you just cannot keep them on the field that long through that many three and outs. Uh, before they finally just get tired and wear down, and you know the the bend but don't break thing ends up breaking, and that's 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 what ultimately happened here. So, uh, yeah, the defense is I don't have a problem. There, there's definitely some issues there with defense that still need to get fixed in some areas, but overall, uh, defense is is playing great, and uh, it's just unfortunate that they can't get a little bit of offensive help to kind of help them out and and kind of make make these defensive performances actually stand out in, in a victory because you just you, you just can't score. I mean, it's it's terrible. Monday's is Hugh Freeze press conference day for the week, and so, you know, it, it kind of sets us in a bad spot because we want to start talking about what he said at his press conferences, but what he said at his press conferences usually is previewing the next game, and we haven't gotten a, talk to, a chance to talk about this past game. So, I want to go ahead and look ahead to the Mississippi State game. I know we still there's a lot to talk about the rest of the week, cut next couple of days about this Ole Miss game, but I want to look at that Mississippi State game. When you look at when both of you you look at the the defense going into this game, what is what what do you think the key is uh, to you know we we've, we've talked about the struggles that Mississippi State has had this year, especially offensively. What do you what do you think is the the key here for the defense to to do to once again, give this Auburn uh, offense a chance to to put up at least some points. You know, it's not like you're facing the air raid anymore. Um, they they are going back to a more traditional spread offense. Um, they they are going to try and run the ball on you. But honestly, Mississippi State's offense has not been good. I, I think if Auburn goes in there and just continues to do what they do, uh, they've got some good players. At, at Tolu Smith, their wide receiver, is really really good. Um, but if Will Rogers isn't isn't playing in this game we still don't know if he will or will not um but if he isn't playing on this game I expect a really good effort from the Auburn defense and 
I I don't I, I'm a lot more concerned with the offensive performance against Mississippi State. Yes, I I I have full faith that the Auburn defense is going to continue to play at a high level, especially because it is going to be an afternoon game at home. The fans are going to be there. The fans always show up un- unless the season is just over. The fans are going to show up, and I, I think that Auburn has an opportunity to have a really good defensive performance. The problem, though, is that Mississippi State has had no issue in taking a struggling offense and making them struggle further. They are, they are well-coached defensively. Uh, you saw what they did to Arkansas. We thought Arkansas was going to be good. They've got good players, and <laughs> they put up three points against this Mississippi State defense. Now, yes, Arkansas is struggling, but I, I don't know. You, you've, got, you've got some serious issues on offense that Mississippi State is going to be able to exploit. Yeah. Uh, as far as Auburn's defense against Mississippi State, it's keep doing what you're doing, like Brant said. Fly to the ball. Uh, that's that's one thing that I've really seen this defense do, uh, really from all positions. You know, you can't just single out one person. Fly to the ball. Secondary, keep playing the way they've been playing. I mean, we, we've seen Simpson obviously having a great year. Now you've seen these other two guys getting some interceptions. Secondary play that you know the way they're playing, but just uh, it, it's that defense. It seems like it's kind of it's more about that just good disciplined defense, uh, and we saw that against Ole Miss quite a bit, um, especially to be able to contain the running game for the most part, uh, and, and to contain Jackson Dart with his legs for the most part. It was it was very disciplined, and uh, that's something that you want to see out of out of the defense as you continue forward. Is, is be that disciplined. Don't uh, don't overrun things, uh, especially if you you know you have a team that can run the ball. You don't want to over pursue things and leave gaps to where they can, you know, once once you over pursue and they're in that next level and then it's you know bad news. So uh, I just say, yeah, I just want to see the defense just keep doing what they're doing. Offensive wise, just figure something out. Uh, I mean, geez. We don't know what the answer is, but do better. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of where it is. It's just, well, man, you, you've tried a lot, and uh, it continues to just not work. Well, and that's, again, it goes back to what's so frustrating. is like Hugh Freeze and, and Philip Montgomery, they're smart guys. They know football. You, you can't tell me that the talent gap is so bad that you can't figure out something. It's I I would buy it. I can buy it against Georgia. I can buy it against team. I can buy it against really elite teams. Right. Ole Miss's defense is not more talented than Auburn's offense no. at this point, and certainly not Arkansas and Mississippi State's. Well, what well, LSU's defense, especially secondary, oh, yeah. is one of the worst in the country. Oh yeah, couldn't do squat against yeah a terrible defense in them. Um, Cal's defense is not good. Couldn't do much of anything against Cal. Um, I you know what that's I don't know the answer and and unfortunately I don't think they know the answer either and that's what concerns me is that the people that are being paid a lot of money and are supposed to be the brains and the offensive geniuses that can figure these things out they can't figure it out it's so broken that the geniuses can't figure out what to do to get themselves out of the situation they're in. That is concerning to me, um, and that's more than just talent. That 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 goes beyond talent because you can you can scheme things to go with the talent that you have, 
and it doesn't feel like they're doing that. I, again, I don't know what the answer is. I, I am not an expert at the X's and O's. That's what those guys are getting paid the money to do. But you can't tell me they can't figure out something that works to their strength. I mean, find a strength. You you have good athletes, <clears throat> man. Yeah. You're, you're not out there working with just bums that you picked up off the street. These are not incredible five-star athletes, but... Man, they are better than they look right now. Right. This is a better bunch of athletes than they are being made to look. 334-887-341, locally toll-free, one tiger 9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We head to our first break of hour number three. When we come back, we take a look around the Southeastern Conference this past weekend, break down some of the games that happened around the SEC. More sports call right after this. please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show Hi, my name is what? my name is what? my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 this is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call Call rolls on on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy on the call with me. With the sports call. Get it? The call? The sports, on the sports, the sports call. The sports the call, call call. The call of the sports call call in sports. Individual offensive uh, statistic <laughs> note, positive note. Another one, Jarquez Hunter. Jarquez Hunter is now the 29th among Auburn career rushers with 1,572 yards. This past weekend, he passed Tommy Lorino from 1956 to 1958, Cam Petway from 2015 to 2017, Terry Henley from 1970 to 1972, Jatarvius Whitlow from 19 or from 2018 to 2019, Cam Martin from 2016 to 2019, and Rudy Johnson in 2000. So he is now at 1,572 yards. Next up on the list is Curtis. Kui Kendall. I think that's how you spelled it. Or you pronounce it. Kui Kendall. Kai Kendall. Kai Kendall. There, thank you, Tom. Uh, from 1944 to 1945, he rushed for 1,619 yards. So, What, we, what years was that? Ni- uh, 1944 and 1945. I don't know why. I, I heard you say 1934 to 1945, oh. and I'm like, things were very different back then. No. Uh, Curtis Kai Kendall. 1944 to 1945, 1620, or 1,619 yards. That is next on the list of all-time rushers for Jarquez Hunter to try and pass. Maybe he can do it this pat- this next weekend against Mississippi State. Uh, we roll on here. We've talked a little Auburn football. We've talked a lot of Auburn football. Now let's talk about the rest of the Southeastern Conference as we continue on on this Monday. Uh, we'll start off with the biggest game of the weekend in the SEC on 2.30 window on CBS. 
Alabama stays undefeated in the SEC. They're 7-1 overall, 34-20 to 20 winners over Tennessee. Looked like Tennessee had them in the first half. Oh they were gosh, 13 yeah. unanswered points yeah. in the first quarter. And then second half was all Bama. They put up 17 in the third, 10 in the fourth to win 34-20. to 20. Joe Milton threw for 271 yards, two touchdowns. Jace McClellan for Alabama carried it 27 times for 115 yards and a touchdown. Man, that was a uh, a tale of two halves, quite literally. Yeah, um, it, it really was. Now, the other thing, Tennessee uh, having to settle for field goals in the first half, that, uh, not that it would have ultimately mattered for as good as Bama played in the second half and as bad as Tennessee played, but Tennessee on a couple of those drives, I mean, it really felt like it could have been a lot worse going into halftime than it was but because they were having to settle for field goals. But, yeah, I mean, definitely a tell of two halves. It looked like Tennessee was about to just put an absolute spanking on Alabama the way that game started out. But second half, yeah, I mean, it was all Alabama. Outscored them 17-0 to in the third quarter, 10-0 in the fourth quarter. Um, completely shut Tennessee out in the second half of that game to win 34-20. to yeah, have we have we collectively reached the point where we don't predict an Alabama upset until another team is at least close or leading going into the fourth quarter? Like you, you've got to be in it into the fourth. For I would me, say for me to legitimately believe you have a chance. I would say I, I wouldn't predict it until like two minutes left. Yeah, but well, yeah, fair and enough. it's got to be two scores. <laughs> it's just they they find a way to. And I know the big question from that game, Steve brought it up, but. Uh, penalty di- differentiation on both sides uh and uh, uh josh heupel was asked about it in the post game and he, he was asked about the the defi- or the uh the disparities and he that was his response he was yeah. silenced and they said he like he moved positions and then said was the silence good enough for you all right next question um, well okay so, i mean there was a penalty disparity there but one of the things that we have, I say we, but I mean, one thing that everybody has talked about with Alabama is how much they have been penalized this season. Mm. They've been heavily penalized this year. Now, should they have been penalized some in this game? Yeah, probably. There's probably some that happened, but I mean, it's not like some conspiracy. What, 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 was, the final sco- what was the final score of that game? 34 Remind. to 20. One more time? 34 to 20. Okay. That does not sound like refs had too much to do with that. Yes, yes, the refs are bad. Congratulations. The refs are bad. The refs have been bad for a long time. You, Unless there's one very particular play in which something was obviously wrong, I'm not going to listen to a loss being blamed on the refs. I think the Saints against the Rams a couple of years ago is the most clear example of, yes, you can blame that loss on the refs where the very obvious pass interference did not get called. But... <laughs> It's a 14-point game. Are you telling me that the refs not calling as many penalties on Alabama as they did in Tennessee means that they lost by 14 points? You're telling me that was a 14-point swing? I and it, it it it. I'm not saying it. it may it may have had an impact. I'm not saying it didn't, but I'm also not going to sit here and act like that's where you know. And you know, be, you know what I mean. To be fair, Josh Heupel also didn't say it. I mean, if, if you want to say, hey, the refs suck and they've sucked for a long time, you're you're right. You're justified but, in saying that. That's valid. But as as the, the great philosopher, singer-songwriter Taylor Swift said, you can hear it in the silence. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, from you mean Travis Hyper Kelsey's Hyper. girlfriend? Yeah, that one. Oh. 
Uh, moving on. He's so famous now. He is so famous now, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> moving on. He's even got a podcast now. Did you hear that? I heard that. His I mean, brother? I mean. Thank goodness for Taylor Swift saving his career. Goodness. Uh, moving on in the SEC, number 19. I, it's, well, it, it's, it's, it's one thing when Brooks does it, because Brooks is actually a Swifty, um, all right, all right, which is on, its own on. weird thing. I'm, Tom, I'm a, I wouldn't say I, I, you're doing it just to mess with me at this point. <laughs> I, you're absolutely a Swifty. Have you been to a concert? Yeah. I'll, You've been to multiple concerts. No, I've only been hers. to one of, one of hers. Okay. I've only, and, but it was the era. Did story. you go see the movie? No. Are I've you going seen, to see the movie? You see, it's on the weekends. She's, they're only, it's only in theaters Thursday to Sunday. Uh, so oh, fake. my, uh, my movie intake is usually Tuesday nights cause it's discount movie night. Yes. I am, you know, a penny pincher here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, it's, if it's not on Tuesday, I usually don't go see it. Uh, plus weekends are for football, you know? You know, yeah. weekends for the boys. Weekends are for football, which is what Taylor Swift's Ex- boyfriend uh, plays. Well, <laughs> moving on. Number nineteen, LSU. I don't like Taylor Swift. She's not for me, man. All right, well, she's not for me. You know, I'm going to start putting. That's my opinion. I'm going to start putting in some Taylor Swift, uh, more Taylor Swift stuff here. Okay, well, y- you know why we, you know, we can't do that. I mean, hotkeys don't matter. Yes, they do. We're gonna, we, 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 there's a reason we've gone to number unlicensed 19, bumper music. Number 19 <laughs> LSU remains undefeated at home, 4-0, and they had no trouble with the Army Black Knights this past week. It's 62 to nothing. Confirmed LSU hates the military. Uh, <laughs> they, did you see that they painted their end zones, they though? They did. They yeah, put that was really camo, cool. Camouflage, really cool. which I'm surprised that they were able to find the end zones that they're camouflaged. Um <laughs> Jaden Daniels, 279 passing yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> they, but uh, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about here, but LSU, big win over Army. Uh, I guess the big thing is that uh, Army still uh, has still has an outside chance to make a bowl game, but now they got some big, some more work to do here. But 62 points uh, you put up on that, that Army team. Yeah. No surprise. I mean, LSU did what they were supposed to do. Going into games against Army is always scary, but uh, – if you can get like half a lead, then you're good. And I'll tell you what, though. Fun fact: this was LSU's first ever win over Army. Army was undefeated versus LSU going into this game. Weren't they one and zero? They were one and zero in like they'd the only, 1940s. They only played once, yep. but it was they were one and zero over LSU. Now it's one. Now the series is tied at one and one, which means we got to have a grudge match in West Point. Well, I don't think it would matter. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Southeastern Conference, the the bottom half of the league got a got a lot of action this weekend with several teams being off. Uh, number twenty, Missouri rolled over South Carolina, thirty-four to twelve. Missouri still only one loss in the SEC. Uh, Spencer Rattler for uh, South Carolina, two hundred seventeen passing yards and an interception. Uh, yeah, South Carolina continues to tumble here. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I was one with a broken <clears throat> foot uh, for Shane Beamer. Yeah, I, I was actually listening to a little bit of the Feinbaum show as I was pulling into the office, and they were talking about. Uh, they were really talk. They had a caller on that was just really talking bad about Shane Beamer and kind of his lackadaisical attitude towards them falling off, and it's kind of a the way he kind of laughs and smirks about it in post game preference, and then blames other just things that he doesn't need to be blaming. And it's bad there. Um, it's really bad with South Carolina right now. And on the flip side, Eli Drinkowitz, who I think most people felt was probably a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. We'll see yeah. what SEC next year. <laughs> now, they, yeah, now Missouri's about to get in a gauntlet 
uh, and we'll see how they handle it. But I mean, so far this season, goodness gracious! Yeah, I, I mean, I, Eli they, Drinkwitz uh, of all people, they got have Missouri playing high level ball. They've got what seven wins at this point. I didn't have them having seven wins in this season. Yeah, so uh, they, very much a credit to Missouri. Uh, and yeah, South Carolina is South Carolina's in the bad place. They are in the bad place. What, what does Missouri have left? They've got Georgia coming. They up got soon. Georgia. They still got Florida to come. Uh, they've they got. Sh- they should Texas beat Florida, A&M. right? I, uh, I, I think they'll no, beat Arkansas. Florida. Right, Arkansas. So uh, I think they'll beat Arkansas. So they they are off this weekend. They're at Georgia, host Tennessee, host Florida, at Arkansas. I think all so, three of those final three are winnable. I think they'll lose to Georgia, but I they could win at least two of those final three. They hung in there with LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I think they lose to Georgia and Tennessee. I think they could beat Florida and Arkansas. Uh, they yeah. definitely could beat Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just kind of look at their schedule: South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State. They won, which was big, but they had to kick a sixty-three-yard field goal to beat them. That was awesome. They beat Memphis. They beat at Vanderbilt. Lost to LSU. Uh, one at Kentucky, so I mean that was a good one. But Kentucky's kind of down in South Carolina, stinking it up. So I mean, they they really haven't faced their toughest yet, and that's going to be at Georgia in two weeks, and then Tennessee, Florida, and at Arkansas. But so far, man, Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers in Columbia, Missouri, doing making some noise. They are the and surprise of the conference this year. Final game of the weekend. Two of Auburn's next three opponents faced off in. Fayetteville on Saturday, and there was a total of 10 points scored. Mississippi State put up seven in the second quarter. Arkansas took a 3-0 lead in the first quarter, and then after that, there was no scoring involved. K.J. Jefferson threw for 97 yards and interception. Mike Wright, the quarterback for Mississippi State this past weekend, carried the ball 11 times for 60 yards, and Dan Enos no longer has a job as the uh, offensive coordinator for the University of Arkansas. Yeah, Um, and... Sam Pittman may not have a job at the end of the season. Uh, they're they're frustrated at Arkansas. They had higher expectations for this year. They had high expectations last year and fell flat. High expectations again this year and just not getting it done. And, yeah, they've already fired the offensive coordinator. Uh, just not good, man. Uh, not good feelings there. Uh, and then Mississippi State, it you know, good win for them, I guess, but they're still – but you know, bottom dweller of the West, kind of nipping and tucking with Auburn right there for worst in the West. I guess you could say. We'll see what happens this weekend. But uh, you know, I don't know Mississippi State uh, first year with him at head coach. Uh, you know, I don't know really what their expectations were necessarily. But yeah, that that was just a a wolf game right there. To make matters worse uh, for Arkansas, this puts them on the brink of not making a bowl game this year because that was their sixth loss overall in the right. year. Lose one more, you're not bowl eligible. And you could say, oh, well, they could be a if they you know went out and you're five and seven or whatever, and, and they could still make a bowl game. Well, you got two teams in Jacksonville State and uh, James Madison who are still not able to get to bowl games that are six wins, and they would be first in that list to be the replacement. So, yeah. not a lot of hope there for Arkansas unless you uh, turn things around and. Uh, yeah, yeah. they they're still. Have they played LSU yet, Arkansas? Ar- yeah, yes. They, okay, they played okay. LSU. I was because they, oh, they almost I, won. They almost won that game. Yeah. If you remember that. Yeah, I, yeah. Arkansas. I thought that was their last game of the year. Was the yeah for the boot. Well, it well, used it used to be. Now LSU plays Texas A and M. because the SEC decided to manufacture some rivalries with Arkansas and Missouri and yeah, uh, yeah, LSU right. and te- Texas A and M. 
I, it, the Arkansas thing is so weird because they were supposed to be not great, but yeah. they were supposed to compete this season, and just the, the fall-off has been incredible. And, and like y'all said, Sam Pittman's a dead man walking. Uh, he'll, he'll be an offensive line coach somewhere pretty soon. Next, uh, I think I said this last week, but next candidate for the Nick Saban coaching clinic. Uh, he could look. I love Sam Pittman. I think he's a great offensive line coach, and I thought he was going to be good at Arkansas, but it just it's not going. Arkansas finishes out the year after the bye week this week at Florida, hosting Auburn, hosting <clears throat> FIU, and hosting Missouri. And so it, it's a uh, that you could see a path there. But it, it gets shaky there for, for mm-hmm. a couple of those they're, opponents. They're in must-win territory, much the same way that Auburn is in must-win territory. That's right. Uh, and we are in must-break territory right Whoa. now as we go to our next break. That's You've had a couple of good ones today. Thank you. We've, uh, we, that's a look around the Southeastern Conference this week. We do each, each and every Monday and tell you how the rest of the SEC fared. Another big weekend of SEC football coming up this coming Saturday. We go to the break and we come back. Best and worst of the weekend like we do every single Monday right after this. our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au now back to the multi-time abby award-winning sports call Monday edition of Sports Call rolls on. I'm Brooks Shoulders, Brent Daughtry. Tom Peavy joined me in studio today. Ryan LaVoy will be back with you tomorrow with a brand new edition of Sports Call as we continue on this week, heading toward another Auburn football Saturday here on the Plains as they take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Only two Auburn football Saturdays left here on the Plains, so oh, wow. I know it's not great product on the field. Three. Three? No. Yeah. State. State, New Mexico, Bama. Bama oh, that's yeah. right. I've, yeah. For some reason, in my head, we it's still Bama. We're going to Bama this year, and I I don't know why that's been in my no. head. I don't know why that has been silly in my Billy. Head, but it's just it's it's been there all all day really. Three Auburn football Saturdays left here on the plains. Enjoy them while you can. I know the product on the field hasn't been the best, but it's still it's still one of the best. Uh, it's a great environments yeah. in college football. The, the fans have not turned. Against the team, even though there were some boo birds, there were some boo birds. They they have not turned against the team yet. Uh, and you know, I know that it, if you're out there and you're listening, you're not an Auburn fan. You may say we're biased. I've been to a several SEC spots, venues. Uh, Auburn is very much one of the one of the best in the country. I'd, LSU's great. Uh, Florida's pretty good. Florida's pretty good. I, I I'll tell you this: Mississippi State has a has a good environment around it. Um, Ole Miss, uh, if you can get a spot in the Grove, it's really, really fun. Uh, don't go into the stadium because know, none of their fans will. I know, I know people don't, or you know, some people won't want to hear this. Georgia's got a really good environment, especially around the campus on game day. Um, but the, the Southeastern Conference is filled with great, great game days. Hoping to get up there to the, uh, I've never experienced it before, so hoping to get up there in a couple weeks to Vanderbilt, uh, to that, that game. Um, I we, know <laughs> we went up to uh, Nashville over the summer, and we did. it was uh, a great, 
great time. I, I know, would love to go back to Nashville. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people talk about the Vanderbilt experience, uh, maybe for a good reason. Well, I was going to say, why would well, they? This, I mean, this year especially, where you've got just empty space in one true. end zone and the scoreboard being held up by a crane. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you got I think, empty space in both end zones. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what they're doing is good. I think that this is the right move for the future of Vanderbilt football. But for right now, this is very funny. <laughs> Uh, but you know, hope, like I said, hoping to get up there. So, but Auburn football back in action this weekend, back in Jordan Hare Stadium against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, if you want to listen to Sports Call on any sort of Amazon Alexa devices, you can open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon on the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu. Search Sports Call Auburn. Select that skill and tap Enable to use. Then you're done. Then after that, all you have to do is say, "Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn." Uh, we do it every single week. It is time for our best and worst of the weekend. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Before we get to everybody else's best and worst of the weekend, including mine, another best of the weekend from Auburn football. Uh, <laughs> Rivaldo Fairweather. Cram it in there. Rivaldo Fairweather scored his second touchdown of the season on a pass from Peyton Thorne. It was Thorne's fifth touchdown pass of the season. Why do you, why do you feel the need to do this? Because you feel the need. There's not a lot of positivity around here, <laughs> and I'm just trying to bring you some more. Mm, I wonder why. But that is uh, that's your that's a that wraps up our positivities our positive individual note stats. <laughs> it's week. only negative from here on out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, only worsts. Only no worst. Best. Yeah, it's only negative from here on out. So with that said, <laughs> who wants to go with their worst of the weekend to start with? Oh, worst of the weekend. Yeah, we'll start with worst of the weekend. Um, you made the joke. We're going with it. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, worst of the weekend. I mean, you could have pointed anything on the Auburn offense, but uh, I, I mean, the 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 attempted trick play with Holden Gurner out there uh, that was mind boggling. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they were. I really don't. Hey, I like the idea. Let's throw some trickeration out there and see if maybe we can catch them flat footed. But you're gonna you're gonna put your third string quarterback out there wide. And act like you're fooling somebody. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm mm. with you. I, I don't have any problem with trying to run a trick play in that moment. I don't have any problem with that that particular trick play. Just using your third string quarterback is odd. It's a, it's a decision. Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, if you're gonna run that play, if you're gonna run something similar to that, you know, have have either have have one, have one of your wide receivers who play quarterback in high school who can throw it a mile. Because sure. those guys exist, surely. Sure. Or or if you're going to do it, have some looks. I, I've been saying before that they need to have some looks that maybe you have Thorne and Robbie on the field at the same time to where there is some confusion there with what's going to happen. You know, you can do that. I mean, put both of them on the field. So then in that case, if you want to run that play, then, hey, you know, we've seen them on the field at the same time before. We don't really know what's going to happen here. But you trot Holden Garner out there, and it's like, hey – <laughs> that guy that guy is a quarterback his playing wide receiver we know what's wonder, about to happen i right wonder here. what'll happen next that dude from Ole miss probably had his ear so pinned back and he's like oh i'm about to destroy this kid. i i just had the thought of in my head holden spikes the camera and goes i'm holding gurner welcome to jackass yeah <laughs> yes uh Brant, worst of the weekend. Oh, man. Uh, what, uh, having to sit next to you at a football game Saturday. Wow. Um, no, no, Makes no. Sense. Um, I, I mean, I really didn't do anything negative. Sunday was a great day. Um, and Saturday, I mean, 
I, I guess I'll go Auburn football. I mean, that's it feels like a, a lazy answer, but it's the only answer I got. So that'll do it for me. All right. Uh, my worst of the weekend. Uh, Michigan State put oh, up a oh, graphic on their scoreboard. Oh, this oh. is an excellent choice, Brooks. Give us a picture yeah. of a historical figure. Not a positive <laughs> one. Not a positive one. Oh. And they've since had to issue several apologies, suspend a staffer who let that get on the video board. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Tough yeah. one tough one to come back from well, there. So well, what Laura, was the, first off, what was the context of that? Like was, I was, saw the picture was, and, and it was Adolf Hitler was on the board. What is the context? Obviously, apparently considering there was like some, the stuff that's going on with Israel it, and it, everything right now is it's like you know when you go to the theater and like you get there super early and they've got like the movie trivia <laughs> stuff. Okay, it's it was a trivia game that they had up there that was from an independent source. It wasn't like Michigan State made it; they got it from somewhere else. Right. And they were like, "We're gonna like we're gonna have pre pregame trivia up here," and then that picture think, came up. I think on one the of one trivia. of the one of the questions. Was the questions. questions? One of the questions, questions. was uh, which country was Adolf Hitler born in? The answer is Austria, by the way. Right, and that's where. And, and, uh, and by the way, Michigan State put up more pictures of Adolf Hitler than they did points on their scoreboard because they got shut out in that game, which is a record that probably will never be broken. <laughs> it will never be broken. So yeah, Michigan State. Oh. Oops. Rough. One, just, just it, putting up the picture. They're, Michigan State's having a rough year, man. Putting up that picture. It's bad up there. Two, putting up that picture in the current political geopolitical climate that is going on in uh, the Middle East slash Israel. That, that's, the, that's the second kicker there is that in, you just didn't put up that picture. You put it up during this time. And, and in, the same, in the same year that they've had to fire their head coach for being a doofus... Yeah, it just uh, well actually just, didn't they, didn't they kind of prove that that was it was cons- everything that happened was consensual, but because of the relationship with that per- that person had with Michigan State football, it can't, is a bad can't, relationship. Yes, yes, but I, I thought it's sincerely unprofessional. I, I thought there was like some evidence that she was actually trying to extort money from him. I didn't see that, but either way, I mean it, it may be true, well, but I think I saw that. Uh, so th- those are our worst of the weekend. Uh, bad, bad year for Michigan State. Tom, best of the weekend. Uh, best of the weekend, going back to Auburn uh, football. How about that halftime show from Auburn Band? Oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible yeah. stuff. That was cool. That was really cool. And, and, as, and as a former Auburn Band alum, both right. marching and teaching, I was very happy to see that. But uh, for anybody that didn't go see it, find it on social media. They did a Metallica show. Uh, all the individual band members had – led lights on their hats and uh everything and so they it was they turned the lights down in the stadium and basically put on a whole light show with metallica music playing in the marching band doing all their little formations everything i hope they do it again sometime i hope yeah i hope they bring it back for like the iron bowl i think i think last time they did something like this they did do it multiple times so you've got another chance to see if you did they did a uh last year they did a patriotic theme show with all the lights yeah uh but they were never able to do it during a game because they didn't get any good night games to do it. Yeah. So this is the first time they've actually had an actual night game where they could put the light show on the field. So uh, it's a very cool thing, and it's, and it's all student uh, run. It's the uh, uh, bunch of the band members that are in the uh, College of Engineering have all developed this whole light show and the lights on the uniforms and. Uh, they run the show with all the electronics. I mean, it, it's student run. This is not like a professional 
company that's coming in and doing this. Yeah. These are all these students, the engineering students that have developed this and have put it together and have mastered that light show that you saw. So that, to me, that makes it even cooler that they're not just out there going and, and spending a bunch of money on this big company to come in and do it. It's actually the students and the engineering uh, using their knowledge and know-how from from that schooling <laughs> to yeah. put a halftime show together. Brant, best of the weekend. Uh, I've got like three. Which one do you want? Uh, number two. All right. Uh, I'm gonna. I was going to go with this one anyway. Okay. Uh, if you didn't watch Western Kentucky football over the weekend, they do uh, this yeah. thing. They've started doing this thing where they put uh, their mascot, Big Red, who is just this massive red humanoid looking blob, blob uh, on their helmets. And this week, this year for doing it, they didn't just have one Big Red logo. They had seven different ones, each one for a unique position group. Different logos depict uh, Big Red as a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a lineman, a defensive back, a linebacker, and a specialist. So j- just incredible stuff. Go look that up if you haven't. Also, Spider-Man 2 came out over the weekend, and I've devoted several hours to that that I probably should have spent writing a literature review that's due on Friday. That's, so <laughs> that's, that's for the video game, not a movie. Yes, yes that game. is a video game, not a movie. Uh, I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer. i got to throw one more best out. All right. From last night. If anybody didn't watch, now, yes, it was the Taylor Swift show. I get that. But, man, the what what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey did in the first half of that game was absolutely stunning. Yeah. They're, they're the best in the world, that I'm was, telling you. That Both was, of those guys. That was absolutely a stunning, stunning performance that those two put on the field in the first half. Uh, I mean, Mahomes had over 300 yards passing in the first half of that game. I don't have the stat in front of me, but there is a staunch difference in Travis Kelsey's stats with Taylor, Taylor Swift is yeah, there and yeah. when he's not. I think I think there. he's averaging like 104 yards per game when she is, and like 40 right. something when she's not. Something. So Chiefs fans, you better be rooting for Taylor to be there yeah. a lot more. I'm just saying. They they have just gone. They you know they zoomed in the picture. She's she had a bracelet on with his number and yeah. the two little hearts next to it, and then there's a picture of her kissing him on the cheek, and they're walking out hand in hand, and. Yeah. yeah uh, her and Brittany Mahomes up there doing their little handshake thing, slapping hands, handshake deal. I mean, hand dance. Hand dance, yeah. <laughs> Spirit fingers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a thing. Listen, I'm just saying, Sw- Taylor Swift is, is controls the world now. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, my best of the weekend. Yesterday, my New England Patriots, they got a win. And not just anyone. It's not like they beat, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals or somebody. They beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm so happy. <laughs> I scared the cat so many times yesterday, jumping up, yelling, watching that game. Uh, but it was it was awesome. I'm finally glad they, they got a win. They're still bad. They tried <laughs> to gain that game away. Uh, but it was, gosh, it was it was so fun to watch. I finally watch that team win a game this year. That reminds me of another one of my best that I want to shout out. Atlanta Falcons, sole possession of first place in the there NFC South. They are on top of the trash heap. On top of the trash heap. Let's go. We need to find a stat. How Young Wayku is a king. Let's go, Koo. Love him. We need to find a stat how close Should have won that game is. by 20, but they couldn't stop turning it over. To Jesus, breaking a record for game-winning field goals. He just kicks one almost every single yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we wrap things up here, it's time for our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nightly TV guide brought to you by friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by TK's convenience stores, any one of your 17 local TK's convenience stores, and pick up 
a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers today. Uh, it's spooky season. That means Ghostbusters is on tonight, 6.02 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Sci-Fi. And it's I verified it. It's the 1980s version. It's not the it's not the new one. I know we got I got a complaint once. Jeff from Columbus called me out. I didn't do my research. I made sure it's the 1984 version. This is the Ghostbusters. original Ghostbusters. Yep. The Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, Logan, uh, part of the X Men series, on at 645 oh. tonight on FXM. Such a good movie. Airplane. Oh, is on yeah. tonight at seven o'clock on TNT. I do love Airplane. Uh, also, definitely going to be the. Uh, Don't call me Shirley. Definitely going to be the. Uh, uh, PG that's right version of that's that right it will be the PG 13 version um, and then also men in black international is on at seven o'clock on FX part of the uh, men in black series and then sports picks for you tonight Texas Rangers Houston Astros game seven tonight at seven o'clock on FS1 Monday night football features the 49ers visiting the Vikings at 715 on ESPN and then you got some athletes and limited volleyball tonight at 830 on ESPNU and that'll wrap us up for an, for a nightly TV guide and the show today Brent thank you so much for being here thank you for having me Tom thank you so much for being here we'll see you tomorrow we got to get these people to a hospital what is it it's a big building with patients but that's not what's important right here. Oh, Enjoy it. <laughs> that's Tom Peavy. The other one's Brant Daughtry. I'm Brooks Childress. Ryan LaVoy back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Sports Call. We'll talk to you then.